0: Hello everyone and welcome to what's in the box office. I'm your host Brian and I'm your host Noah. Here we are with part two episode 192. We've never done a two-parter before but goodness gracious there were just so many fucking things to talk about that uh, we kept recording and recording and we decided that's not fair to the listener. I want to give you guys a break a little more manageable of runtime. Um, So it's possible that you didn't listen to the past last episode. And you're coming here for the tournament. If so, welcome. Yeah. Um, we uh, did you hear
1: about Will Smith? <laughs>
0: if you didn't, there's a whole other part one for you to listen to. But um, let's uh, let's dive right in. Noah, um, I have uh, two beers here. Wonderful. That I'm going to be having. What did you bring for yourself? <laughs> well, just the harp <laughs> that we had nice. during our Oscar party. But... Um, it's a time to celebrate! It's our first uh, the matchups of multiplex sadness. We ask you to, to talk about these movies now.
1: Yes, at long it's last. Very <laughs> exciting.
0: We're doing the fr- I can't do this one hand. We're doing um, the f- uh, the left side of the tournament, the Godfather conference, four divisions. We're doing the Spike Lee division, the dramas, the Mel Brooks division, the comedies, the John Carpenter division, the reboots and remakes, and the Steven Spielberg division, the franchise non starters so we
1: have criteria like we had last time but it's a little different right It is a little different I uh, so we've kept profit relative to budget except in this case the lower profit advances because we're trying to uh, you know we're trying to crown the biggest blockbuster nope uh, biggest flop. Yes, of course, Jesus. I was so I was so focused on biggest versus yeah. greatest. As I was saying, I'm like it's biggest. I know we did biggest, <laughs> and then I lost. We're driving the rest around the biggest flop of the Thank 21st you. century. Yes, the biggest flop of the 21st century. So the uh, the more a movie fails, the more points it gets. Yeah. Uh, so the worst profit moves on. Uh, quality of movie is the same, except in this case, the uh, worst movie. Yes. That's the point. Uh, easier road to success. I. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is the, uh, the movie that was in a better position to succeed when it was released. Gets the point. Uh, furthest from success, this is our, uh, our brand new category... I, this is the uh, movie that you think you would need to change the most about, yeah, in order to make stars, it stars, director,
0: release date, length, exactly. budget, subject I, matter. All yeah, those kind of
1: nothing, of those. Uh, you know, nothing completely unreasonable. You know, we're no. not going to come out here and say like, oh, Monkey Bone should have starred well, Leonardo F- DiCaprio Frazier, and if he had Tom sh- Cruise. If
0: he had a shaved head, that would have made a difference. We're not yeah. getting that crazy.
1: No, I no. So yeah, the uh, movie that was furthest from success at the time of release gets the point uh and then the legacy here uh this is the movie uh that it either has the more negative legacy or a uh just complete lack of legacy which yeah. i think will more often be the case yeah uh, but if any uh, if the movie was a big failure but has kind of become a cult success uh or has its little pockets of fandom on film twitter or has a successful meme or something about it those are all positive points in its favor and make it less likely to be the biggest flop of all time.
0: Let's get started. What wonderful. The Spike Lee Division, your contenders, your matchups. The one seed Alexander takes on the eight seed The Invasion. The four seed Deepwater Horizon takes on the fifth seed Australia. The three seed Cats takes on the sixth seed The Alamo. And the two seed Exodus Gods and Kings takes on the seventh seed Cloud Atlas. Here we go. The One Seat Alexander released November 24th, 2004. Opening weekend, $13 million. A $22 million five day. It opened on a Wednesday. Budget, $155. Final gross, thirty four one dollars worldwide. The Invasion was released August 17th, 2007. Noah's birthday movie. <laughs> opening weekend was $6 million. Budget of $80. Final gross, $15 worldwide, $40. Our first category, as you said, is. Bigger profit relative to budget. Here we go. Are you uh, keeping the score? Yes, I am. Great. Alexander had a budget of $155 million. It grossed $167 worldwide. That's a profit of $108. And the invasion... At a budget of $80 million, it grossed 40 worldwide. That's a profit of 50.
1: 50% profit, so that's going to be a point for The Invasion there.
0: If you're scuffing at that, wait till we get to Mel Brooks's division. Oh, that yeah. shit is in the toilet.
1: No, I know. This is not going is, to... This is where do those go, actually.
0: <laughs> point one goes to The Invasion. Yes. Indeed. Quality of movie. Now, we've watched all of the ones we needed to watch relatively for this side of the division, next yeah. week you'll you'll learn a little bit more about that. We watched both of these. You and I had both seen the invasion in theaters, yes, in two thousand and seven. Didn't like it then. Uh, you felt you needed to rewatch it. We watched both of these, yeah, two days ago. Yeah, yesterday.
1: Yeah, it's uh, wow. It, it was yesterday. In fact, which one gets your vote for worst movie? Uh, I think this is definitely Alexander. Uh, I I I would agree. Yeah, the. Uh, the invasion is still not uh, still not a movie that uh, you know blows me away by any means, but I think it is. You uh, might have you been know, a little harsh on it at the time, though. Sure. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, it is largely uh, largely solid at least. It's a good airplane Alexander movie. Alexander is uh, quite bad.
0: Alexander's Just, decision to narrate large swaths of his journey is shocking.
1: Yeah, especially the. Uh, the big swaths of battles that like turn him into who he is. Yeah. Like
0: there's literally like, he's a stubborn kid. He doesn't like his dad. And then we cut to Anthony Hopkins and he goes, Alexander for the next two years took over the world. Yeah. I'm like, he, what?
1: Yeah, he w- he went through these three incredibly significant battles. <laughs> and now we place him here as a conquering hero. Like what, the, what are you talking about? <laughs> Why, why don't I get to decision. see any of that? <laughs> Sounds interesting. We're tied at one-one. We are tied at one-one. Production one. values, Alexander, are great, though. That's true.
0: And the forest battle scene is dope, with the elephants. Yes, I think that's a
1: good. That scene. is true.
0: All right, what's all right? So now I'm going to go down. I'm not going to read every single bit of these stats for everybody. This is more so for No to make a decision, but I will skim these. Sure. Alexander opened at number sixth. Uh, ranked that week at National Treasure was number one. Uh, the Incredibles, number two that week. Christmas with the Cranks, number three. In its second weekend, it dropped to seventh place. It had a 65% drop. Uh, the Invasion, what am I doing here? Do I read all of these, including the, the people in it?
1: Uh, What's no, our next category? Easier Road to Success.
0: Yeah, great. This is all part of it. Uh, Oliver Stone directed Alexander. I think he also wrote it. No, he didn't write it. No. It was his first film in five years since Any Given Sunday did okay business. 18 years after Platoon, 17 after Wall Street, 15 after Born on the Fourth of July, and 13 since The Doors of JFK. So he had a very prolific run, but it was a while before this movie. Right. Colin Farrell starred, obviously, as Alexander. It was a year after his breakout, uh, 2003, that had The Recruit, Daredevil, and SWAT, Angelina Jolie starred as his mother, even though they're a year apart in real life. She's a popular tabloid target. She had the underperforming live action she's been, she had been, right around the time of this release, in underperforming live action action movies since Laura Croft Tomb Raider three years earlier. And the film did have a big ensemble cast with very notable people Hopkins, Kilmer, uh, reuniting with Stone with sure. the Doors and everything. A lot of controversies with this film, um, the sexual orientation of the main characters, whether they were going to get into that, the historical accuracy, all that kind of stuff. Um, Rotten Tomatoes had a 16%, 39 on Metacritic for Alexander. The Invasion opened at number five. super bad was number one that weekend. Rush Hour 3 was at number two, and The Born Ultimatum at number three. Um, it dropped to number 10 in its second weekend, dropping 48%. Nicole Kidman starred. It was her first wide release since Bewitched two years earlier, which did not fare super well. And Daniel Craig, it was his first film since his debut as Bond at Casino Royale, which had come out nearly a year earlier. The film was completed in late 2005. Thirteen months later, it underwent reshoots and then finally came out two years later after it initially was completed filming. It's obviously, as we all know, uh, an adaptation of The Body Snatchers, which was a popular source material, had not been done since 1993. This was the fourth film adaptation, 19 on Rotten Tomatoes, and 45 on Metacritic. Also, I want to mention that Troy had come out and did decent, uh, pretty decent business in May of the same year as Alexander.
1: Yeah, which... uh, You know, might have actually worked against Alexander. Possibly because oh. that
0: that got mixed to negative reviews, but to decent business. This was more like the awards player. Sure. End of the year, three hour Oliver Stone.
1: So what do you? I, as far as easier road to success, I mean, uh, the invasion's working on basically half the budget of Alexander. Yeah. I uh, horror movies uh, have a pretty low. Uh, you consider this a horror? I th- I think it's horror adjacent. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think. Because I put it in the dramas? Yeah, I mean, well, uh, you don't have a horror category anymore. No, it could have gone into
0: know. the reboots and remakes.
1: It sure. Is well, adaptation. I mean, thing. Yeah, or th- star power. Thing. You know. Things often. Uh, things often qualify for. Sure. Uh, for multiple things, but yeah, I think this is like, sort of. A it's a art- Artistic horror. You know, yeah. if they if they remade uh, if they remade like. Uh, you know, a mummy movie or like Dracula. Tom Cruise, for instance. Sure. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, like those those old uh, those old timey like you know yeah. Nosferatu isn't scary, but it's a horror movie. Sure. Uh, Not scary to us. Sure. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean. Though. I do. I. Uh, so yeah, I I'm in I'm inclined to say the invasion just because Alexander was such a big swing. That it's harder to connect, but I'm not. A, uh, I'm not sure. It was going up against super bad, whereas Alexander was going Alexander's up been, against.
0: It was co- Alexander nothing. was counter programming. Well, the issue Alexander's very much a counter programming. Like all the movies, one, two, and three were all children's films. Yeah. Um, the invasion is going against adults. Sure, they got the Born Ultimatum, which had been out for three weeks and is still doing twenty two million dollars. Plus, they're taking their kids to see Superbad and Rush Hour. We're not taking their kids, but they're seeing Superbad. Rush Hour 3 is a kind right. of a being taken up by kids and teens. So I don't know where the audience is, is for this movie. Daniel Craig, it's his first movie after Bond, sure. Um, Nicole Kidman hadn't been in a film for two years since um, Bewitched, which nobody liked. Whereas Alexander has like a big marquee director... Taking a hit at like one of the biggest figures in the history of mankind. Yeah. With a huge cast. Like, you know, on cast alone, it's it's really packing a punch as far as like adult moviegoers and trying to get the the teens as well with with Farrell and Jolie. Um, the budget is really high, but I feel like even Troy, and I can look it up, I think Troy might have even been higher. I don't know. What uh
1: yeah, so we, we don't should... have to agree here. Yeah, but which which way are you leaning then?
0: Easier road to success. Yeah, is this quality notwithstanding? This is before the right. movie comes yeah, out.
1: Yeah, yeah. This is all the all the fa- all the factors about it before it was released. I'm going
0: with Alexander then. Okay, I think the invasion was under the radar. Alexander was everywhere. Yeah,
1: and you know, I guess it. I guess it's true that you know, the horror movies often have a low bar to clear to succeed because they cost like thirty or forty right. million dollars. This one cost 80. Uh, Yeah, I think I think with all the I think with all the names behind Alexander and that budget's not like outrageous. uh, So, yeah, I think I think you make a good point. I'll go Alexander there as well. All right. What's next? Uh, So Alexander gets the point and then we move on to furthest from success. So uh, which uh, which movie do you need to change more about? Well,
0: I think Alexander is in a good position date wise. I, I guess sure. like that three hour epic, you know, that's not really conducive to the ho- to Thanksgiving. It's more of maybe a Christmas thing, but still, it there was really kind of a a market for it. Um, so I think the invasion would probably want to drop in a more. Deserted area maybe in January Kind of try to slip it in there get Sure, it.
1: One of those uh, one of those adult scary movies that, Yeah like uh, White yeah. Noise
0: makes like 30 million dollars yeah. it's opening weekend With Michael Keaton that kind of thing um, So I think in that case The invasion would have to change I don't know How much are we changing about Alexander
1: I, th- I think uh, And you know I'm going to do my Besides best Besides the quality Yeah is. I'm going to do my best to uh, just say Write a better script as a <laughs> right. uh, as few times it, it could as I go can. for all of these movies, yes. really. I but I think it might be true that if you just if you make Alexander about the battles mm. instead of have Anthony Hopkins talking about the battles. Right. Like that would that would make it a I think that might do it. I think if you if you make it a, a exciting action packed movie instead of. Kind of about the time between the battles. So your point here would go to the invasion. You think the invasion has
0: more to change, whereas Alexander just really needs to shift its focus of the movie.
1: Yes, that is. Uh, I think I agree. That is my thought there. So we got a point for the invasion. Okay, uh, it's, we it's are tied. tied up indeed. Legacy. I. Uh, boy, oh boy. I mean. This is Alexander. So what is, uh, what is the legacy of. Uh,
0: I don't think anyone's ever talked about the invasion.
1: And you say Alexander does have a legacy.
0: I do think people have talked about Alexander. I think that that is a thing that Collins brought up. We've talked I, I read you all those different versions of the movie that have come out. Sure over the past 10 years I guess since it's there
1: that's a yeah that's a good point. They have tried to uh, they have tried to remake tried to make Alexander. some of the money. Uh, on home video and you know whether whether or not it worked this is a movie that they kept coming back to I think four times uh, yeah. to make a director's cut and then a final cut and then, then an, an ultimate, ultimate cut, cut. Uh, just you know adding stuff taking stuff away yeah. they felt they had something there uh,
0: I just think that if if we ask people you know which one was a box office bomb and we put up a picture of the poster of Alexander and in the invasion. Yeah. I think people would go, Oh, well I know, I know that probably didn't make any money. Sure. You know?
1: Yeah. why? Well, and I agree the invasion just has absolutely no legacy to speak of at all, which I think, uh, would give invasion the point here. No, I think it gives Alexander the point. Cause I think it's a negative legacy. Oh, you do?
0: Yeah. I think people remember it as a flop, as a as a big miss, as a disaster. Okay. I think in the sense that they kept having to remake it. I think Farrell's talked about how bad it was. And I think that again, if I showed people a picture of both and said which one flopped, they'll point to Alexander, as I see. Flopped. I thought you were talking about The Invasion. I No, this whole time? No, no, no. Sorry.
1: Okay. Alexander. All right. So, the case is that Alexander has a reputation as yes. a piece of shit. Whereas I don't think the invasion the, is no, even No nobody knows of. what it is. Right. I, all right, so I think yeah, that I it think has that a legacy and
0: it's a negative one.
1: That uh, yeah, That is compelling enough for me. Uh, Alexander. Uh, Our first champion. Gets the point here. So it moves three on. To two, three to two advance. Right. Uh, it is a bigger flop. Welcome than the to the
0: round of 32. Our next matchup, the four-seed Deepwater Horizon against the fifth-seed Australia. Deepwater Horizon was released September 30th, 2016. It's opening weekend $20 million on a budget of $156. Its final gross, $61 and $121 worldwide. Australia came out November 26th, 2008, opening weekend $14, $20 million five-day. Again, that November date opened on a Wednesday. Try to get this that Thanksgiving money. Budget 130, final gross 49, 212 worldwide. All right. Uh, Deepwater Horizon had a budget of 156, gross 122 worldwide, profit of 78%. Australia had a budget of 130, and it grossed 211 worldwide, profit of 163.1 goes to Deepwater Horizon. Yes, it does. Quality movie. We both have seen these in theaters, and we didn't need to see them again. The yeah. Uh, point yeah. goes to Australia, because Aust- it's worse.
1: Australia is pretty bad, and uh, Deepwater Horizon is pretty good. It's good, yeah. This it's good is just like a straight-up good movie. It's good movie. <laughs> recommend seeing it. Um. Very exciting. So it's tied. Yes, it is. 1-1. All
0: right, here we go. Deepwater Horizon opened at number two uh, against Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children, which opened at number one with almost $30 million. Tim Burton. Last grasp at his star power. The Magnificent Seven was at number three that weekend. Australia, oh no, I'll just do the whole thing. Deep Water was number three in its second weekend. Mark Wahlberg was in it. He started in it. Two years after joining the Transformers franchise, which did, you know, decent money. Big for him. Yeah. And it's one year after Ted 2 Disappointed and Daddy's Home Overperformed. Ted 2 is in the summer, Disappointed. In regards to Ted 1, it's the classic case of the sequel made what the first one should have. Daddy's Home was in December of that year, very much overperformed. Peter Berg directed Deepwater Horizon. It was three years after his last film with Wahlberg, which was the surprise smash Lone Survivor, which opened in January as an expansion with like $35 million. Uh, it's a recent event. Tragedy films, they're kind of hard to promote and, su- and have succeed. Captain Phillips and Sully cost around sixty. That one doesn't have the tape on it either, I checked. Uh, Captain Phillips and Sully costs around 60, but those names in the titles brings to mind heroes, specific people that people could latch onto and want to see their story, whereas Deepwater Horizon is simply about a disaster. Sure. Uh, Australia opened at number five. Four Christmases was at number one, Bolt number two, and Twilight, the first Twilight, was at number three. In its second weekend, it dropped to four. Baz Luhrmann directed it. It was his first film after the Oscar-nominated Moulin Rouge seven years earlier, so his Return to the Big Screen, starring Nicole Kidman, who was also in Moulin Rouge. He got her an Oscar nomination uh, a year after, and it was for her, a year after The Invasion, which we just talked about, and The Golden Compass, which we'll talk about today, I think. Um, Hugh Jackman was also in it. Two years after his incredible 2006... X-Men Last Stand that year became the biggest grossing X-Men movie. He worked with Woody Allen, Darren Aronofsky, and Christopher Nolan. He had two acclaimed animated films, Flushed Away, and the Oscar-winning smash, Happy Feet. Uh, Deepwater has an 83 on Rotten Tomatoes, 68 on Metacritic. Australia, 54 on Rotten Tomatoes, 53 on Metacritic. No,
1: it's our first category. Uh, easier road to success here. Uh, yeah. I want to say Australia. That's well inf- I, that's interesting. I'm I don't uh, know. it might be deep I'm water. I'm pretty hard in favor of deep water. For here. easier road. Why, I, why
0: not Australia as opposed to wide deep water?
1: Well, so here's a I think I think it just comes down to what kind of movie they are. I mm-hmm. uh, you know, they both had uh, they both had relatively similar budgets mm-hmm. uh, in the uh, the low to mid one uh, like 130 to 150. I uh, they both have uh, marketable stars going up top. Sure. You got Hugh Jackman, you got Mark Wahlberg, both have a, a history of making money. I uh, So I think it just comes down to uh, Australia is is just a like long romance epic. Right. It's not a, it's, it's trying to go
0: for the Titanic of it all but without the big ship.
1: Right. And that's that's what I'm saying like it's I don't I don't know if it's based on anything but it's not based on like a major Book, like gone with the wind is not based on a Romeo major Juliet, event like titanic or yeah, yeah or
0: I, another work of
1: fiction yeah it's just a uh it's just a, like an epic romance yeah. kind of born from nothing whereas Deepwater horizon is like a you know an exciting disaster film uh
0: yeah i do think there's something to be said that like you know united 93 didn't light the world on fire as far as box office is concerned uh, World Trade Center made okay money, but it's hard to do these natural disaster movies because it bummed people out, and they don't really want to be... Bu- you know, like, The Perfect Storm, nobody remembered that happening, and that wasn't, like, national news for two months. Right. Where people were cleaning up that oil spill and oil prices and all this kind of shit, whereas, like, Sully and that kind of thing, people like, Sully was a hero. That ended well. This ends in disaster. I think that's a little harder of a sell um
1: in today's marketplace but yeah though I, uh, you know you mentioned uh, you mentioned lone survivor in the lead up to Deepwater horizon uh That's true also largely does not uh, does not end well i think i think it's just for me it just comes down to Deepwater horizon is like a bummer but it is it's exciting there's there's explosions there's fires it's a you know it's the poseidon adventure it's the towering inferno uh, it did it, it did have to go up against
0: Magnificent Seven in its second weekend? I'm 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 giving this to Australia. Okay, you think Australia had the easier road? To I success? don't think that at the time of its release, we were thinking Australia is going to smash. Okay, I also don't think we thought Deep Water was going to smash, but I just think that looking at everything on paper, I think that if you if you gave me the pitches for each, I'd go. Yeah, I bet Australia is going to be able to pull in some bucks over the holidays. Maybe get some Oscar noms.
1: All right. Well, this will be our this will be our first split. I'm our voting, first split uh, in deep water. What's our next one? Uh, our next one is uh, furthest from success. All right. So this
0: brings to mind release dates again. Although I'm not too sure that um, that uh, I wouldn't change Australia's release date, but. Maybe again in December if we're trying to chase the Titanic thing, but yeah. I do think that Thanksgiving's good. It leads you into Christmas. Deep Water is cu- is going for the Oscar play opening in late September. Um, right after Magnificent Seven's a bit of an issue for me. I think the stars are both correct,
1: you know. Yeah, I. Yeah, it's it's tough because it's it's really hard to see just like why why these movies didn't hit as well i mean australia was poorly reviewed uh so that's that's going to be part of it i i i think this is i think this is pretty close i would uh, i would advocate that australia should have come out around christmas cuz like there's just there's more there's more vacation time more people are going to the movies it's a it is a long uh, it is a long romance and yeah. I, I think you might just, you might just need that, uh, you might need that extra time, to get butts and seats for Australia. I, I don't know. What do you think for Deepwater? I like,
0: think the budget's got to come down. Yeah.
1: I think. Are you really expecting
0: to make uh, like four hundred, five hundred million dollars on this? I, to I cook, think, cook that,
1: make a profit on that. I budget? think that's right. And like Deepwater Horizon does look good. Sure. You see that budget, but. They could have they could have made an, an exciting movie play. for a hundred million dollars. Yes, and
0: it's not an overseas play. Like you really think that like, you know, China's gonna want to watch the our disaster movie? No, yeah. they don't give a shit. Um and then as far as the budget for Australia, that one thirty is pretty kept in check. And I, I know it's there is like fighting in it. I think he goes to war at one point, if I recall. There's like big, kind of vast scenes of ships and cgi and yeah. stuff like it looks big um but it really doesn't have the action but i think as far as the gamble goes i think that 130 is pretty decent because it has does have overseas potential with those two stars and just kind of a universal it's called australia but it's about a, just two people in love that kind right. of thing
1: i uh, and yeah i i think the uh i think your point about Deepwater horizon just being like a a huge bummer of yeah. an event yeah is a good one and like it's not really something you can change without just making a completely different movie. Right. But I think it was still just a a built in hindrance going in. Yeah. So I think maybe I'm leaning deep water here again. For harder road? No, for furthest from. For the furthest from.
0: Yeah, I agree.
1: All right. So we got uh, two points for deep water. I've got deep water advancing. You have it tied so far. Okay. So now we move on to uh, the question of legacy. <sighs> I don't know how much of a legacy either of these things has.
0: The one thing I will say for legacy, Baz Luhrmann, okay, does not make a lot of movies. I'll look up his filmography, but I don't think these movies are that talked about. But when you take a um, a filmmaker as prolific and and you know supposedly beloved as Baz Luhrmann, he has made one, two, three, four. Five movies Elvis will be his sixth That's very surprising Moulin Rouge in 01 Australia seven years later The Great Gatsby five years later And then Elvis nine years later So in the sense of legacy It will be a very big part of his legacy If he ends up only making ten movies You know same as The Hateful Eight Which nobody saw is going to be a big part of Tarantino's legacy. Right. Uh, and so, well, actually, a better example of that is Death Proof is going to be a big part of his legacy. Okay. Because there's so few examples to pick from. Whereas Wahlberg's had the big disasters, not the subject matter, but the the, the, the movies making money. Right. Um, and so is Peter Berg with Battleship. We got another one of his movies here. Yeah. I think... Uh, and Moulin Rouge was a hit. Gatsby was a hit. Yeah. Romeo and Juliet was a decent hit. Elvis seems like it's going to be huge. So
1: this could be the outlier for him. In the uh, in Deepwater's favor though, I think the mid two thousand tens there really had yeah uh, really had like a Pete Berg, Mark Wahlberg like based on recent events moment. You had Lone Survivor. You had Deepwater Horizon. You had uh, Patriot the day. Patriot Games. Patriots Day. Patriots Day, right? Patriot Games, is a different film. Uh, but yeah, the Boston, uh, the Boston Marathon, which uh, yeah. was, it was even better day. than Deepwater. Yeah, uh, I feel like there's one more that I'm uh, I don't think so. that I'm forgetting, but maybe not. But it just uh, it's it seemed like a real uh, a real little mini uh, mini movie moment going on. Oh, uh, Yeah. yeah that Deepwater was uh, was a big part of, even if it didn't make money on its own. I, I think the Baz Lerman filmography thing is is a big point. I
0: think though. that's going to give me the point for Australia. I just think that when we look back at his or Deepwater, which won't... See, again, it's tough because it's a negative legacy versus a positive. Whereas this, this will be looked on as probably the worst film that Lerman has done. Sure. So it's a negative legacy. Whereas Deepwater's pretty good. <laughs> so even though it flopped, it's a good movie. Right. So I think that as far as legacy goes, I think Australia should get the point cuz its legacy is going to be negative whereas
1: Deepwater lost money, but is good we'll look back on fondly cuz it's good. But are people going to remember Deepwater at all? Uh, cuz when you when you were describing Australia being a big part of Baz Luhrmann's legacy, uh I think the fact that people didn't really see it, it's just it's going to be remembered as a movie that this guy that lots of people like made. Right. I.
0: But it'll be remembered negatively. So yeah. does, that, does that weigh more than not being remembered? I, as far as legacy goes, is not having a legacy or having a bad legacy worse? All right. Yeah, I think
1: that's uh, a... Yeah. I think I think I'm with you here on Vote in Australia. I would again. rather be forgotten than be remembered as a sure. piece of shit. Aust- Australia gets the point for being a a big standout. Are uh, you just moving this along because you want this to end soon? No, I am be not. Be honest. No. Right. Uh, and that uh, that ties us up, which brings us Whoa. to the, uh, the first iteration of our tiebreaker here, which we are calling the Drookie special. That's right. What's uh, the
0: Drookie special? I came up with it, but I want you to explain it. So, Similar uh, to the Jason Blum special, that's where the name comes from.
1: Yes. I, uh, Blumhouse, I, Blumhouse special. I have a uh, a long-running sort of hatred of movies that cost, obviously, way too much money. Yeah. You get, uh, you'll when, stop
0: the conversation and go,
1: $140 million yes. for
0: the Rugrats in Paris or whatever it is.
1: Exactly. Yeah. I, you know, I, I long to open my own consulting firm mm-hmm. where people will just come to me and tell me we want to spend $300 million to make uh, Blade Runner 3. And you throw cold water. And at I'm going to say, like, do not do that. Thank <laughs> you. Uh, your invoice is in the mail. Uh, so the tiebreaker here will go to which movie has the uh, least defensible budget.
0: Yes, yeah, so and we have to agree. Right. On uh, um, I
1: think this one's pretty clear. It's Deepwater. It's Deepwater. It's uh, for sure. thousand uh, percent. Yeah, it's just, it's the higher budget. Didn't so, have to have that. So
0: Deepwater moves on.
1: Yeah. Look at that. Droogie Special, Working its Magic
0: all right the three seed cats takes on the six seed the Alamo cats was released december 20th 2019 opening weekend 6 million budget 100 final gross 27 and 74 worldwide the Alamo came out April 9th 2004 opening weekend 9 million dollars budget 107 final gross 22 worldwide no surprise there 26. Alright. Cats cost a hundred million dollars. It grows seventy-four worldwide. That's profit of seventy-four. Easy math. The Alamo costs one oh seven. It grows twenty-six worldwide. Profit of twenty-four. Point one goes to the Alamo. Woof. 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 All right. We saw cats in theaters. I'd never seen the Alamo neither of you. We did watch it. What gets your vote
1: here? Cats is the much worse movie. Uh
0: yeah. Uh yes. I agree, although I didn't like the Alamo very much, but Cats is worse, yeah.
1: Yeah, I didn't think the Alamo was very good. Cats is a disaster. All right. 1-1. Yep. Easier road to success.
0: Cats opened at number four against Star Wars, The First Awakens... The the, the First Awakens. Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker's first weekend. Jumanji, The Next Level's second weekend. And Frozen 3's fifth weekend. Those were one, two, three that... uh, that week. Number in its second weekend, it dropped to number eight. It dropped 27%. Cats is obviously based on a very popular animal and a book. It's a poetry book. Sure. That I forgot what it's called, but it's a Broadway musical.
1: What? Yeah. No, I'm just, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a Broadway musical. <laughs> yeah, I know. I thought
0: it was funny to start <laughs> yeah. with the animal. I had fun here. Um, it's the fourth longest running Broadway sh- show on Broadway. And it started up the big blockbuster musicals. Um, It it really kind of brought a new kind of fervor to to Broadway. Tom Hooper directed it. He's an Oscar-winning director. He won an Oscar for The King's Speech in 2010, which made decent money, and seven years earlier led Les Miserables to big box office and uh, big Oscar nominations as well. It had a large ensemble cast, plus an original song by Taylor Swift. The Alamo... Opened at number four against The Passion of the Christ seventh weekend. It was at number one because of Easter. That's why it jumped up so high. Hellboy was number two, and Johnson Family Vacation. You know what that is? I. Uh, it sounds
1: familiar. It's that Martin Lawrence. Okay.
0: Number three, in uh, its second weekend, The Alamo dropped to number nine. It dropped fifty-six percent. It starred Dennis Quaid two years after re- after teaming with the same director in the Disney hit The Rookie. Billy Bob Thornton was in it six months after Bad Santa. Kind of gave his career a little boost. And the Alamo is not that uh, easily forgettable, as the saying goes. So it's based on, again, an American big moment. Cats had 19 on Rotten Tomatoes, 32 on Metacritic. The Alamo, 29 on Rotten Tomatoes, 47 on Metacritic. What's our first category?
1: Uh, easier road to success. Cats.
0: A thousand percent Cats
1: you think uh, even uh, even going up against the Rise of Skywalker there? That's tough. That is the only thing against it here. But it's not based
0: on the Alamo. It had actual movie stars. It, it it's a its source material is insanely popular. Yeah. And movie musicals when they hit,
1: they hit big, baby. Yeah. I uh, yeah, I think that's right. I mean, I I think being based on the Alamo is a point in in favor of the Alamo, you know, sure. unlike unlike Deepwater Horizon, uh, the Alamo is a big a big point of you know American pride. Yeah. We we made our stand, etc. I uh, but yeah, I'll go cats here. Uh, yeah, so that brings us to uh, two, two one, one in favor cats. of cats. What's next? I uh, the furthest from success. Um, again, I think it's cat- the
0: only thing the cats needed to do was have a better release have a different release date.
1: Yeah. Well, so that would put it very close to success, which would mean the Alamo oh, was further. Oh, yeah, from you're success. right. Yeah. The Alamo uh, had no really giant movie stars. Yeah, that's I think the biggest thing. Uh, especially back in 2004, oh, that yeah. could that could still mean something. Oh, yeah. I uh, Yeah, you got to bless you.
0: Thank you. Its release date was
1: decent, although
0: in my mind if you're going to make an Alamo movie, you're gunning for Oscars and that release date does not say Oscars.
1: Yeah. I uh, it's also tough with just how how long and like not battle heavy the Alamo is. No, it really can't uh,
0: be at the same time. But it also doesn't need to be that long.
1: Yeah, I think I think you I think you can shave it to under two hours at least. Yeah, uh, and just get you know I know people people's uh, idea of the Alamo is this great battle where we make a stand. People remember. Beer. The end of the Alamo, basically. Uh, And so I think just having so much of it be about, like, Sam Houston and the politics of Texas uh, at the time. Yeah. was not doing any favors. No. So I agree. The Alamo was further from success here. Yes. And we'll get the point tying us up at 2-2. Oh, boy. So now we go on to Legacy. Uh, Well, (laughs) it's cats. Yes, Cats has a... Uh, cats has a legacy, period. But, it, but it, yeah. And it's shitty. Yeah, it is a horrifically bad legacy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's got to be Cats. Hilariously terrible movie. There was a uh, famous controversy about the butthole cut in which there were buttholes yeah.
0: in Cats. I'm excited for the uh, ultimate butthole cut in about seven years. <laughs>
1: sure. Uh, so, yes, Cats moves on. Nothing but buttholes. As the, uh, the bigger flop. All right.
0: Moving on to our last matchup, Exodus, Gods and Kings, the two-seed against the seven-seed Cloud Atlas. Exodus was released December 12, 2014. Opening weekend, $24 million. A budget of $140. It went on to make 65 domestic, $268 worldwide. Cloud Atlas came out October 26, 2012. Opening weekend, $9 million. Budget, $102. Final gross, $27 domestic, $130 worldwide. Bigger profit relative to budget. Exodus Gods and Kings cost one forty. It gross two sixty profit of one nine one. Cloud Atlas cost one oh two, gross one thirty, profit of one twenty eight point one goes to Cloud Atlas. Indeed it does. Quality movie. We had never seen Cloud Atlas before. We watched that. I saw I've seen Exodus Gods and Kings. You watched thirty minutes of it. Yes. That you felt that was enough? To, I'm really curious about what your decision is.
1: I am too. I uh, it's it's so hard Still because decided. I well I'm I'm deciding right now. Great. I Cloud Atlas is a movie that I did not enjoy watching. I uh, I thought it was just a complete mess. I uh, however I really admired it. I mm-hmm. uh, it was making uh, not just big swings but interesting swings, uh, going for something that movies don't often go for whereas exodus was an incredibly safe swing a uh, a story that's been told a uh, you know several times and just kind of getting getting safe hands together to do a by the numbers sword and sandals kind of thing yeah and like it worked well enough it wasn't like it wasn't that interesting but it also wasn't like not interesting, but I, I think ultimately I think Exodus is better.
0: Okay, even
1: even even though I admire Cloud Atlas a lot more, I gotta I gotta give the point to Cloud Atlas for worst movie here. Uh,
0: my point goes to Exodus. I really was taken with Cloud Atlas. I liked it a lot. I thought it was funky. I thought it was cool. I thought it was sweet. I thought it was well done. I liked it. I liked it. I have no qualms about it.
1: There is a there's a whole host of people out there. that are huge cloud Atlas heads. So that's I'm uh,
0: almost one of them. Uh, Exodus gods and kings. I found to be Dullsville. Gorgeously shot. Color's a little weirdly tinted for me, but gorgeously shot, good performances. There's just no passion behind the telling of this story. There's nothing interesting being done with it. Even the dialogue's playing. You have what, in my opinion, is the greatest story in the history of the world. This is my favorite. Passover is my favorite holiday. This is my favorite story. There's nothing being done. It's like the most boilerplate dialogue and beats that they're hitting, propped up by good production value and really decent performances. There's nothing here that I can't see in the Prince of Egypt. If you're giving it to me, give it to me. Make it feel energetic and powerful.
1: That is uh, perfectly fair. All right. What's next? So now we move on to easier road to success.
0: (sighs) All right. Uh, Exit. I was about to just start talking about it. Exit is open to number one. The Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 2 was at number two that weekend in its fourth weekend. Penguins of Madagascar was at number two. Top 5 was at number 4 In it's second weekend Exodus drops to number 4 66% drop directed by Ridley Scott Who did Gladiator, Black Hawk Down American Gangster, Prometheus He also did Kingdom of Heaven, A Good Year, Body of Lies, and Robin Hood. So it's a bit of an up and down with him. It's a year after The Counselor famously just didn't do anything at all. Christian Bale starred as Moses two years after ending his tenure as Batman. And he was Oscar nominated the year before for American Hustle, which made really good money. Exodus is one of the greatest stories of all time. The Ten Commandments obviously is one of the the most beloved movies. It's played every year on television around Easter. It's huge. Um... One of the great all time epics in the top 10 tickets sold of any movie in history. The film is not without a share of controversies, mainly due to the casting, to which Ridley Scott said, I never would have gotten it financed if I'd cast uh, ethnically appropriate actors. uh, Exodus Cloud Atlas opened number two. Argo was number one that weekend. Hotel Transylvania was number three. Paranormal Activity, number four. It dropped to number six in its second weekend. 44% 44% drop. The Wachowskis directed, they co-directed this with somebody else, uh, co-wrote it as well, I believe. It was their first film in four years since Speed Racer flopped. In fact, they they um, they but they got the money together independently, so this is one of the highest uh, budgeted independent films of all time. It was not backed by studio. Tom Hanks started it three years after Angels and Demons did well, and two years after Toy Story 3, also, too, after Larry Crown and Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close didn't do well. Halle Berry also starred. It was her first major role since X-Men The Last Stand 60s earlier. She took a bit of a break and she came back with this movie. Also controversies, mainly, again, because of ethnicities. Yes. Although this one made sense and they really just kind of did it both ways. You know, Halle Berry played a white person. The Asian actress played white people. They kind of just flip-flopped around. It was part of the theme of the story. Uh, 30 on Rotten Tomatoes for Exodus. 52 on Metacritic. 66. Huge discrepancy, while the Metacritics are relatively the same. Very strange. 66 Rotten Tomatoes for Cloud Atlas. 55 Metacritic. All right, let's talk about it.
1: I, I mean, I think Exodus clearly has the easier road to success here. It is I agree. Uh, based on a popular, well-known story with it wasn't uh, opening a, against anything. Yeah. With a, a you know, well-known a, a, a director who's had more success. I guess both directors are well-known here, but yeah. uh, the Wachowskis kind of hit once. Sure. And also
0: and, Exodus is distinctly in Ridley's bag as far as sure. gladiator goes. Uh,
1: and then Cloud Atlas is just like deeply weird. Yeah. Uh, and was always going to be an was pe- like People didn't
0: really know what it was about, and Exodus, you know exactly.
1: Yeah. So sure. So uh, Exodus has the easier road to success so here. So Cloud gets the point. No, it, Exodus, the category right. is easier road to success. Right. So Exodus gets the point. You're right. We are tied up. All right. So now uh, further from success. Uh, well, let's see. They both opened
0: in pretty much empty marketplaces. Uh, Both their budgets are pretty reasonable for what they're trying to do, I think. Yeah. So is the casting controversy an issue for Ridley or was the big ensemble necessary? And I don't know. Cloud Atlas had two big stars and a big passion project for those directors. Yeah. What else can you change?
1: I mean, I think you can tell the story differently? I don't know. I don't know if it's a... Cloud Atlas? Yeah. The uh, the problem that I, and I think a lot of people have with Cloud Atlas, is that the... Uh, you know, it is six... It is six distinct stories and timelines that are all segmented up and scattered throughout the movie. Uh, and... I just I don't I don't know if you're going to have a successful movie that way. Uh you know, the book it was based on kind of tells uh, tells the stories in chunks on their own. Right. Uh which might have just made for a more uh, you know, less less interesting perhaps, but just more more coherent for a larger number of people. Mm-hmm. Uh and might have just made it more accessible. Uh whereas I just think I think Cloud Atlas as it was made uh, is there is a fundamental high barrier to entry there. Uh, And if you, you can cross that barrier and like it, or you can not clear the barrier uh, as the case may be. But, you know, Exodus is just one of those movies where I feel like all the pieces were there and it just, just like didn't hit
0: so the point then would go to
1: which for me it would be cloud atlas i think is uh, is further from success here and just that like even it's just such a hard thing to adapt and exodus is not,
0: not and it okay.
1: is yeah it is no exodus is not a hard thing to adapt oh it is. there was more to no exodus is not
0: and i i, I see what you did um yeah i agree on paper exodus is the smarter call
1: yeah yeah so then uh cloud atlas is a uh, not a not the winner yet but it is uh it is close we move on to legacy okay which I uh, you know i think hmm. cloud cloud atlas does have it's uh it does have its cult fans that's true it is a uh you know it was it was not a hit but Kind of like like most Wachowski movies, there is there is a segment of people that really support it. You see this, uh, you see it with Cloud Atlas, you see it with Speed Racer. So th- this would be you don't leaning, get it with Jupiter. Saying, this would be
0: leaning toward leaning toward giving the point to Exodus.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think Cl- I think Cloud Atlas does have a a positive legacy to a certain uh, segment of people,
0: whereas Exodus
1: Exodus is just kind of a it is a. One of Ridley Scott's failures, an attempt to run back Gladiator and uh, a failure to run back Gladiator. And the
0: whole casting issue, I think, really stains it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with that as well. That is a, a negative mark. All right. So then we uh, yeah, we are once again tied up here. Oh, uh, boy, the budget one. Yeah.
0: That's tough here because,
1: again,
0: $100 million for a Wachowski Epic starring Tom Hanks.
1: Not, not terrible. That is not terrible.
0: 140 biblical picture with Ridley Scott? Not terrible, although at that point he really hadn't had a hit. Prometheus made money two years earlier. Yeah. But before that, you have to go back to, like I think, like the Blackhawk Down, one-two punch of Gladiator, Blackhawk Down. Because after that he had, like, Matchstick Men was him, right?
1: Yes, yes
0: uh robin hood big big flop um a good year did nothing counselor we talked about
1: yeah i i think in in this case neither movie has a budget that makes me go like why would you do that these these both these both are these both are defensible i i think to me the cloud atlas budget is a harder sell if you if you come to me and are like we got we got ridley scott we're doing gladiator again but we're doing the Ten Commandments story. Right, we're doing it... Uh, yeah. And you get $140 million versus... We got a, we got the Wachowskis doing a very uh, in-depth and complicated book that is reaching for very high-minded things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I haven't hit since The Matrix, and even The Matrix kind of started falling off as it was happening I and it's it's gonna cost a hundred million dollars like that's that is that is tougher for me while not well not being indefensible
0: yeah i think i think i agree i i think i can see the ridley scott movie especially overseas making making the cash back um As opposed to the the funky two-and-a-half-hour Wachowski, three-hour Wachowski picture.
1: All right. So, Cloud Atlas moves on here. Okay. So, our
0: matchups. The the 1-8 takes on the 4-5. Yeah. So, the one-seed Alexander will face the what water? What one? Deepwater? Deepwater Horizon. The fourth seed, Deepwater Horizon. And the three-seed Cats takes on the seventh seed, Cloud Atlas. Wow. That'll be next week. Moving on the comedy division. Ooh boy,
1: this is gonna be a barrel of laughs, right, Noah? Yeah, some of these movies are uh, not horrifically bad. Great.
0: So the one seed, Evan Almighty, takes on the eighth seed, Osmosis Jones. The four seed, Monkey Bone, takes on the fifth seed, Town and Country. The three seed, The Adventures of Pluto Nash, takes on the six seed, Dark Shadows. And the two seed, How Do You Know, takes on the seventh seed, Geely. How do you know Glee? Evan, <laughs> Evan Almighty was released June 22nd, 2007. My actual birthday movie. Not on my birthday, but a birthday movie. Opening weekend, $31 million. Budget, $175. Final gross, 100 domestic, $174 worldwide. Osmosis Jones was released August 10th, 2001. Could have been your birthday movie. Opening weekend, $5 million. Budget of $70 final gross 13 domestic and a whopping 14 million worldwide no don't look at the numbers let me read them to you okay evan almighty cost 175 it grossed 174 it's profit of 99 monkey bone had a budget of 70 it grossed 14 that's profit of 20
1: i uh, just to uh just to clarify that is a uh, osmosis jones
0: yeah not monkey bone yet I, I think i said monkey bone a few times there
1: I, it's possible. Well, we Osmosis don't. Jones had a profit of twenty percent.
0: Yeah, I know, but I think when I st- when I said monkey, I think I said monkey bone was released August tenth. Also, interesting. Maybe I didn't. Who knows? Anyway, uh, point one goes to Osmosis Jones. Yes, it does. Quality movie. You hadn't seen either. We watched both. Oh, you saw. Osmo- you've seen Osmosis yes, Jones.
1: I've seen Osmosis Jones. <laughs> we watched times. both. What? Which? What do you think? I can't wait to hear where you're going here. I I did not really enjoy either of these movies without hating either as well okay i uh, the uh, worst movie here i think is osmosis jones because it does have like the live action bits in it yeah which i think are pretty actively bad without that the movie's like uh eh.
0: You know, it's like it's just not interesting. Yeah, I think
1: I think the
0: puns get tiresome and whatever.
1: Yeah, I think the animated parts of Osmosis Jones and all of Evan Almighty are basically the same quality wise. But the live action parts of Osmosis Jones are much worse. I probably would agree with you there. So that is uh, the worst movie. Uh, Osmosis Jones out to a strong lead. This would be wild. Evan Almighty to me is like a
0: top ten contender here. All right. Evan Almighty opened at number one. Uh, the movie 1408 was at number two that weekend, Fantastic Four, Rise of Silver Surfer was number three, and Oceans Thirteen was at number four. I don't it was in I don't know why I didn't put the other stats, but in its uh, second weekend it dropped to number three. Sequel, of course, to Bruce Almighty, which made an enormous four hundred eighty four worldwide four years earlier. Huge hit, biggest hit of Jim Carrey's career domestically. Huge. Tom Shadiak returned to direct. He also directed Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, The Nutty Professor, Liar Liar, Patch Adams, and Bruce Almighty. Big comedy director. Steve Carell starred in it, reprising his role as Evan, um, Evan Baxter, two years after The 40 Year Old Virgin broke out and therefore in season like three or four of The Office at this point. It's a 22 on Rotten Tomatoes, 37 on Metacritic. Osmosis Jones opened at number seven American Pie 2 was in its first weekend at number one Rush Hour 2 was number two And The Princess Diaries was at number 3. Eleven in its second weekend it, The Fairly Brothers directed the live action bits But they had all the publicity This is from The Fairly Brothers Three years after they're about Mary And one year after the Jim Carrey-led Me, Myself, and Irene made decent money It had a big cast Bill Murray, Chris Rock, all this kind of stuff 56 on Ron Tomatoes, 57 on Metacritic. No, what do we got?
1: I mean, the easier road to success here is clearly Evan Almighty. Yeah. Uh, it's based off of, like you said, uh, a sequel to Bruce Almighty, which was just a colossal hit. Colossal hit. And. Uh, colossal hit at the same time as The Matrix Reloaded and Finding Nemo was making their money. Yeah. I meanwhile and like Steve Carell is fully in his moments. yes uh, you, you mentioned the office you mentioned 40 year old virgin yeah. like he's he is a big recognizable deal mm-hmm. meanwhile Osmosis Jones is a children's movie from the Fairly brothers mm-hmm. uh which doesn't exactly make any we sense go to for the Fairly
0: brothers that's why you go to the Fairly brothers for children's entertainment
1: i uh, so yeah this is uh, Evan almighty i agree Coming out, uh, making a making a comeback here. All right.
0: What do you change here? Obviously, you change the budget for Evan Almighty.
1: Yes, and I think this. I think the budget for Evan Almighty we have to weigh heavily. I even think because I even think if if we
0: drop it down to eighty million, that's still even pushing it because Karell is not commanding twenty million dollars at this point. Uh huh. So he's so this is all going to effects, and you don't really need. So many effects. Like the whole animal thing is big here with all the different animals flying in and attacking him. These interacted with. I get that you have to do that. There has to be a better way to do it. You you want to have the big payoff with the wave at the end. There has to they built like three of those giant arcs to use in like a field on the Universal lot. Wild. Um so yeah, even if you cut this by a hundred million, seventy million is still an expensive comedy. Yeah.
1: And, like, you've just, you've got, there's got to be, it's a creative industry.
0: Steve Carell's biggest hit at that point uh-huh. was The Fruit Year Virgin, which made just over a hundred million dollars. Yeah.
1: You've, you've got to be able to put some people in a room and be like, how do we do a big story with an arc for $70 million? Yeah. I... An arc and an arc. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. I... And then Osmosis Jones. Speaking of $70 million.
0: Yeah, it's big for Osmosis. I feel like a lot of that went to the Fairlie Brothers. You know, it is pairing it with a big comedy team. And even if, you know, the adults might be turned off in the sense that, like, why would I see a PG 13 Fairlie Brothers movie? The kids. Who like maybe not have been able to see their their song about Mary or saw it on video? Sure, would
1: probably be thrilled that they get to see a Fairly Brothers movie. Yeah, this is like the the raunchy comedy for children, right?
0: Even though there's no sex in it whatsoever,
1: right? But it's like it's gross, and there's uh, a yeah, there's fart jokes, and sure, a lot of fart jokes. yeah, yeah. Um,
0: and it's got the zippy animation. It's got Chris Rock, so it opened in a real bad spot. <laughs> It opened against a movie that dis- exclusively takes away twenty-year-old males. Yes. In American Pie Two and females. Also, it opened against a movie that takes away everybody on Earth in Rush Hour Two, which right. appeals to everyone, and it takes away children with The Princess Diaries. So they really don't have a whole lot of the sl- a slice of the pie left. I mean, if you look at that, that's almost a hundred million dollars. Just for those three movies that weekend. Yes. What's left for Osmosis Jones? Whereas Evan Evan Almighty is opening pretty wide open. It opened on the second weekend of Fantastic Four, but it's a comedy kind of programming. So you definitely got to move Osmosis Jones. So I think that's the biggest issue with Osmosis Jones is the, I, th- I think the cast is there. Maybe you want to cast someone other than Chris Rock, or maybe even as his sidekick, not David Hyde Pierce, maybe someone else the kids will like. Sure. But I think Bill Murray's there. Kids like Bill Murray. Um, Chris Rock is there. Kids like Chris Rock. The Fairley Brothers. I really think you got to get out of that release date. Have a weekend to yourself where you can seem
1: like the movie of the moment. Yeah. Again, maybe January. And on the Evan Almighty side, like even even with the huge uh, the huge indefensible budget, mm-hmm. it still only made a hundred million dollars domestically. Yeah. I which. It's still paled in comparison to Bruce Almighty. Do you think it was just because it was not good?
0: Yeah, it's
1: just like I also not... think it, it
0: was lacking Jim Carrey. It was yeah. Bruce Almighty was like the last gasp of Jim Carrey's comedic
1: superstardom. Yeah, yeah,
0: it was three years after The Grinch it was really like the ultimate kind of character star mashup, and then this was his last live. It was his return to live action comedy, and it was a beautiful premise. Like, the literally the first teaser was, like, what if you had the power of God and, like, what if this... I think it was, what if this man had the power of God? And it was Jim Carrey walking yeah. down the street. That automatically makes audiences laugh. What if Jim Carrey had the power of God? Done. Audiences are buying tickets. Um, So, yeah, I, th- I think Jim Carrey's a big part of it. I don't think Carell has that same kind of... You know It's like the idea of like Jim Carrey's such a wild card What could he do In this scenario Steve Carell doesn't have The wild card He's like the sweet comedy guy Yeah So what What if he has The power of God Well he'll probably Cure some cancer I don't know Yeah You know Whereas like Jim Carrey's You know Blowing skirts up and shit And making soup part You know He's having fun with it Um. So I think that's part of it And then also um. I, I, I think it's just the budget I think Evan Almighty's In a good position it's like a big kind of comedy. Morgan Freeman coming back was a great call, you know.
1: So for Evan Almighty, we've got... It lost its star. It's got way too big of a budget. Uh, and it's just not good. Yeah. Uh, whereas Osmosis Jones just maybe could have come out at a different time. And it just wasn't been good. The same, And also, yeah, also wasn't good. Yeah. But that, that matters less. Sure. with Movies aimed at kids. I don't know. A lot of comedies make money that aren't very funny. Sure. I... So, I'm thinking the point goes to Evan here. I agree. I think that was uh, further I agree. from being a hit. So, we're tied up 2 2. All right. Comes down to the legacy. And
0: it's Evan Almighty.
1: Yeah. Evan Almighty. It's uh, one of the uh, biggest
0: he, misfires for a comedy in history.
1: Yeah. $175 million budget yeah. is like. And it also would f- win our next. Fam- oh, yeah. Our next. Famously one as well. terrible. Yeah. Uh, so, Evan Almighty moves on. Absolutely. Absolutely. After a All strong right. start from Osmosis Jones.
0: The four seed Monkey Bone takes on the fifth seed town and country. Monkey Bone released February twenty-third, two thousand one, open weekend, a whopping two million dollars, budget of seventy-five. It ended up grossing five million domestic and seventy-five world seventy-five. Sorry. Seven million worldwide. Way less than seventy-five. Town and Country was released on April 27, 2001. Opening weekend, three million. Budget, 105. Final gross, six domestic and ten worldwide. Don't look at these. I lost it. Monkey Bone. Yeah. (laughs) All I thought of was Osmosis Jones. Monkey Bone. They're right next to each other. They're the same budget, Uh, 75 million dollars. It grossed seven. That's profit of 10.16 percent quite terrible town and country costs 105 and it grows 10 that's a profit of 9.88
1: that's a a, a miraculous win (laughs) they are
0: separated by like 0.3 percent
1: wild wild
0: all right Point one goes to Town and Country, quality of movie. Uh, you had never seen either. I I saw Monkey Bone in theaters. I had not seen Town and Country. I don't like Monkey Bone. I find it annoying and disturbing. But sure. Town and Country is um, I don't think
1: legally a movie. <laughs> <laughs> I th- I think that's right. It's like it is moving images. I that's true. But.
0: Yeah, but I'm so actually, is so is this timer on my phone? That's right. This is as much a movie as Town and Country.
1: I'm actually really glad that this is the matchup for quality of movie yeah. because uh, I also did not like Monkey Bone. Yeah. But uh, I don't, I don't really want to compare the two because I don't want their aspirations either. are different. I don't want you to either. I well, I I don't know why it uh, why it would affect you, but I'd fine. I won't. No, I, go ahead. Now that you said that, that's what I'm thinking. This. I just in the same way that I did not like Cloud Atlas. That is what I want. Yeah, but
0: because Cloud Atlas, I really thought was a good movie, and this is I don't like it all. But yeah, well, I, yeah, I, I, I do get what you're saying.
1: Yeah, my uh, my point is that Monkey Bone was clearly reaching for something. Mm-hmm. It was an incredibly weird and distinct movie that made a lot of choices, uh, like oh yeah. I uh, just it just made a lot of choices, a lot of very bold stylist stylistic choices. The problem with Monkey Bone is just that at every step it was unpleasant to watch. Yeah, there was one amusing bit with Bob Odenkirk near the end. I, uh, other than that, it was just it was constantly like, oh. Like this is this is an interesting setup, or that's like those are some weird, uh, some weird and distinct looking characters. It was like they wrote like on the,
0: the the whiteboard, zany. Yeah, like and they what were is, Like that's our. Like movie.
1: I'm I'm interested in what this scene is going to be. Oh, it's terrible. Shit. Yeah. Uh, but no, we've we've now we've now moved into a moved into a whole another a whole another premise, a whole another thing. I'm once again interested in what this scene's gonna. Oh, it's terrible. Damn. Yeah. I. So yes, I, I, I did appreciate monkey bone Whereas but it was town terrible. and country town and country uh is just a, an abysmal thing i don't it, i don't understand it it settled I down respond to
0: it it settled down as it went on but there was so long about an hour of the movie where we kept saying
1: scenes are just ending scenes scenes were just ending People, took, someone there would there
0: was, say to like a scene would for an example i'd walk into the kitchen and i go to noah oh, you have a toast today and Noah would go
1: yeah and i go you
0: don't normally have toast and he'd go well, that's nothing only thing we had, and then we just cut to another scene. you are like, "What the hell was that?"
1: Yeah, it took an incredibly long time for the movie to develop any sort of plot at all. And when it did, it was like, "Who gives a shit about them going to this cabin? What is
0: going on?" Yeah,
1: I I don't know. So I'm glad to be able to vote for a movie to be worse than Monkey Bone, sure, because I want to, I want to throw it mm-hmm. a a Monkey Bone. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And and there's very few movies I could actually do that to. I'm also going with. So yeah, Town and Country is worse. Yes,
0: absolutely. All right, Monkey Bone opened at number 11. Hannibal was number one in its third weekend, and Down to Earth was number two. It dropped to 15th in its second weekend. It had Brendan Fraser starring in it two years after The Mummy and a year after Bedazzle did Decent Business. Directed by Henry Selick. Eight years after he directed The Nightmare Before Christmas, which would become a generational classic, and five years after James and the Giant Peach, 19 on Rotten Tomatoes, 40 on Metacritic. Town and Country opened at number seven, Driven, which is a Formula One racing movie with Sylvester Stallone. Fun. Did you know that? No. They race in Chicago at one nice. point, On the streets. Opened at number one with 12. Bridget Jones' Diary was number two in its third weekend. 10 million dollar 10 10 <laughs> ranked number 10 in its second weekend had an ensemble cast of well liked veterans although it was filmed rewritten and reshot over the course of two years hence that giant budget 13 on metacritic 34 13 on raw tomatoes 34 metacritic
1: go ahead i i think the easier road to success here is monkey bone i i think it like I don't see how town and country could ever possibly have succeeded.
0: You mean with, with
1: the product that they came out with? Yes. I. Uh, and I mean, I don't know. I guess it, it does have, it does have your, uh, your ensemble cast. Of, yeah. I was uh, going to yeah. say
0: like sight unseen, not counting the movie. I think yeah. it's down and country. I think it's got a, a big ensemble cast of well-liked adult film people. Warren Beatty, Diane Keaton, Andy McDowell, Uh, Gary Shanling and Goldie Hawn. Sure. And it's opening in a weekend that has nothing for that crowd other than Bridget Jones's Diary, which had already been open for three weeks. Monkey Bone is opening on the second weekend of a comedy, which is making a bit of money. And Hannibal, which is still making money and taking away adult moviegoers. Brendan Fraser, I'm not even sure how well liked he is. And then Harry Selig is his first live action film. I mean, who knows? And James the giant peach didn't like blow up the world. So
1: I don't know. All right. So you're thinking, uh, you're thinking town and country, easier road to success here. I uh, yes, I
0: am officially putting that down.
1: Yeah. I think, I think that's fine. I guess the, uh, it is, I can, I can see it being easier to sell a normal movie than to sell whatever monkey bone is. Yeah. I. Uh, so that uh, that actually wins the matchup for Town and Country. Wow, that's a, a, sweep. Uh, a clean
0: sweep! A sweep! I'm yeah. actually that's incredible. I I just want to check. I think it came out in August, not April. Um, no, it was April. All right. Okay, moving on. The three seed, the Adventures of Pluto Nash, against the six seed, Dark Shadows. Pluto Nash was released August 16th. Hey, another birthday movie for Noah. No. <laughs> 2002 opening weekend $2 million budget 100 final gross 4 million 7 worldwide. Dark Shadows was released May 11th, 2012. Opening weekend $29 million, budget 150, final gross 79 and 245 worldwide. Adventures of Pluto Nash cost 100 million. It grossed 7. That's a profit of 7%. Dark Shadows cost 150. It grossed 245. That's profit of one sixty three point one goes to Pluto Nash quality movie. No, you hadn't seen either of these. I saw the adventures of Pluto Nash in theaters a point. I am very proud of as well. You should be not a lot very of people. people did. Did. <laughs> it's very rare. Yeah, uh, I also hadn't seen Dark Shadows. The answer is
1: I didn't like it as much as you did, but the answer is Dark Shadows. Pluto Nash is garbage. <laughs> yes, Pluto Nash is the worst movie here by far. Uh, it was not quite the... Oh, I, out of these two. Yes. Okay. Yeah, it was not was not quite like among the worst things I'd ever seen. No, I, Country was. That? Yes. Yes, indeed. Uh, however, yeah, Dark Shadows, uh, possibly just because it was a particular rough slate of flops we'd watched that evening. Sure. But uh, yeah, I, I mostly enjoyed Dark Shadows. All right. Uh, and Pluto Nash really sucked. Okay. Uh, Pluto Nash, at number 10. Triple X was in its second weekend.
0: Signs was in its third weekend. And Blue Crush was in its first weekend. That was your one, two, three that weekend. In its second go around, Pluto Nash dropped to 17. It dropped 71% after opening to two. It That's- made $600,000 in its second weekend. Eddie Murphy started it. It was a few months after Showtime didn't hit. It wasn't nearly the, the disaster this was. Two years after The Nutty Professor 2, The Clumps, made a lot of money. That opened to 42. That was the second biggest live-action comedy opening in history. It was one year after Dr. Doolittle 2 made 113 domestic, and one year after Shrek changed animation forever. 4% on Rotten Tomatoes, 12% on Metacritic. Dark Shadows opened at number 2 against The Avengers' second weekend, which was the first movie in history to make $100 million in its second weekend. It dropped to number four uh, the next week. 57% drop. Johnny Depp starred in it. It was two years after The Tourist uh, bombed domestically and made okay money overseas, and a year after The Rum Diary bombed. I think it's just called The Rum Di- Is it called The Rum Diaries? I don't know. And Pirates 4 disappointed domestically, but still made two... 20 something. Sure. Tim Burton and Johnny Depp uh reteaming again 2 years after Alice in Wonderland blew the doors off the joint, becoming uh maybe even the, just the fourth or fifth blockbuster to make a billion worldwide. 35 and Rotten Tomatoes 55 on Metacritic.
1: I So in terms of easier road to success, I despite the results, I think this is Pluto Nash in a walk that had the easier road? Yes. Really? Yes, I think uh, it had the uh, it had the bigger star at a time when that meant more. Who okay. uh, you know, Eddie Murphy hits and misses, but uh, but can hit huge. I uh, and was not up against the uh, second weekend of the Avengers. That's true. And also was not based on some strange old uh, soap opera. So that like I don't think anyone knows what it is.
0: A few things here. I think you're taking into the budget into account. So like if Dark Shadows had cost like fifty, I don't I don't think I feel like that would have changed the perception there. I don't think Pluto Nash had any kind of positive buzz going into the weekend. Uh-huh. So when we're talking oh, that's about clearly true. But so when, but I mean like in the air, it was just like this isn't gonna do well. Right. So when we're talking about easy road to success, are we counting like that the perception of the movie right up until release or just like on paper you have all the facts laid out, not taking the temperature of the culture, you've all the facts laid out, which one has the easier road?
1: I mostly look at it as the latter, as uh, as on paper. Just all the facts. Yeah. Because like I I think I think if you if you consider like the and considering the, the, history. Cause the, you do on, on that sheet of paper, the hypothetical yeah, put yeah, it, yeah, Avengers made this sure. much. Yes. Yeah. But I think, uh, I think if you can, if you try to consider like the, the feeling in the air right beforehand, that's basically, sure. that's basically just saying which movie opened to less money. Right. Uh, and yeah, I think, I think just on paper, like, a you know, Eddie, Eddie Murphy, uh, sort of, a cop comedy, uh, set on the moon, I like he, sure that he just had a cop comedy with Robert De Niro that didn't do well. All right, I but like that that could hit. Yeah, I. Dark Shadows, the, the the a big adaptation of. Dark Shadows, like do you think people know what Dark Shadows is? No, but I think that, with those two, it doesn't
0: really matter. I feel like that that. Um... The gimmick isn't like what they're adapting. It's like Johnny Depp is a kooky vampire in a Tim Burton movie. Maybe. But uh, the budget is high. So I think on paper, if you're telling me I'm spending this much and it's like a comedy drama with a kooky vampire. Yeah. Then I I think I agree. And I go Pluto Nash here.
1: Pluto Nash uh, will be our second sweep. Wow. Oh uh, Yeah.
0: You're mm-hmm. advocate for Pluto Nash. You get that sweep, aren't you? Congrats. You just want to finish this so quickly. Mm-hmm. Our second seed, and you're not denying it. Our second seed. How do you know It's the seventh seed, Geely? How do you know it was released December seventeenth, twenty ten. Opening weekend seven million. Budget one twenty. Final gross thirty. Domestic forty eight. Worldwide Geely was released August first, two thousand and three. Opening weekend $3 million. Budget 54. Final gross $6 million domestic 7 dollars worldwide. How do you know had a budget of $120, gross 48? That's profit of 40%. Gili had a budget of 54 It grossed 7 million. Profit of 13.1 goes to Gili. We watched How Do You Know last year at some point? Just for fun We had never I've always been curious Because it costs so much I was like when it, James L. Brooks has not made a movie since I was like what is this Yeah And also neither has Jack Nicholson It ended two careers um, Gili, we had never seen I would never seen all the way through Which one is worse? It's gotta be Gigli
1: Oh yeah Gigli's way worse How I, do you know
0: it's like forgettable is actively bad
1: Yeah I think my, uh, my memory of How Do You Know Is that it's a Like it's not a good rom-com It's a is pretty uh, pretty meandering and misguided a lot of the times but Gili is just like is is Julie Gili is quite bad yeah. and has uh, yeah. Has the whole uh, you know you want to talk about controversies of uh, Justin Bartha is his name? Oh yeah, uh, the Justin Bartha
0: element. Also, just the treatment of Jennifer, the 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 sexual
1: politics in play are also not great. Yeah, the really. the, whole, the whole thing is uh, the whole thing is
0: tough. How do you know? Open at number eight, Tron Legacy was in its first weekend with forty-four million, and Yogi Bear was number two. It dropped to twelfth place. Dropping 52% the next week. James L. Brooks wrote and directed. It was 13 years since As Good As It Gets made $148 million. I miss when movies could do that. Six years after Spanglish disappointed, it starred Reese Witherspoon. It was two years after Four Christmases made 120 Domestic. And Owen Wilson also starred two years after Marley and Me made 143 Domestic. Also, starring Paul Rudd, a year after I Love You Man made 71 domestic, and five months prior, Dinner for Schmucks made 73. Now, what is the connection between all four of those movies?
1: Uh, yeah. I'll tell you. Sure.
0: They're all two handers Vince Vaughn and Four Christmases, Jennifer Lopez and Marley and Me, um, Jason Siegel and I Love You Man, and Steve Curl and Dinner for Schmucks. So they didn't do it alone. I think that's important to note here, but they did make money. And uh, Jack Nicholson, it was his final film performance. I guess he could make another one, but for now it is. Three years after the bucket list, made 93 domestic. 31 on Rotten Tomatoes, 46 on Metacritic. Gigli opened at number eight. American Wedding was number one that weekend in its first weekend. Spy Kids 3D Game Over was number two. Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl, sat at number three. It dropped to 18 in its second weekend. Dropped 82%. It made $3 million and then dropped 82%. You know, gen- generally when a movie doesn't do well, and then we do our podcast, and I say, well, it dropped 34%, which is good, but when you look at that gross, right. it's, it's easier for movies that only make $3 million to drop less. They have less room to go down, so it's shocking when a movie can drop that big. Um, it starred Ben Affleck six months after Daredevil was a big hit and a year after Changing Lanes did well and some of all fears hit big. Jennifer Lopez also starred in it. It was two years after *The Wedding Planner* made 60 million domestic, and a year after *Made in Manhattan* made 94 domestic. Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez obviously were dating a year and a half before the film's release. They were engaged in November 2002, which is about eight months before this came out. Tabloids went nuts for them. Benefar was the first portmanteau of any celebrity. It was because then that's wow. how, that's how big they were. Six percent on Rotten Tomatoes, eighteen on Metacritic. Go ahead, Noah. I, again, discounting. Not only is the beer making me hot, but it's just a lot of shit I gotta rattle off. I good.
1: Discounting the results, I think the easier road to success here is Gili. I interesting. Look at when you well let's let's consider the budget first. How do you know cost one hundred and twenty million dollars? Yeah. Uh, look at all these examples you just rattled off of the success that it stars has had previously uh, as good as it gets huge hit made 148 uh, for Christmases 120 Marley and me 143 uh, Paul Rudd's were in the 70s I see, and Jack what, you're made 90. I see what you're putting down I uh, and th- those were those were big numbers that yeah. those movies made and how do you know cost 120 yeah bet absolute best case huge success it makes 150 right uh that's crazy meanwhile uh Gili only cost 54 that's fine it's a uh and you know it's got ben affleck and jennifer lopez at the height of the frenzy of ben affleck and jennifer lopez i ignoring that it's just a totally awful movie like this is a a uh romantic this is, yeah it's a romantic comedy mm-hmm. between the two of them uh it's got the extra gangster genre thing going on that could uh could be buzzy and they're just they are a they're like a they should be a big draw that's a really good point i just like the cast
0: is so stacked for how do you know and like the idea of james l brooks coming back and making a big kind of sweeping um, comedy drama You know Even after Spanglish didn't do well He's got this huge cast behind him It's going to be a December awards player But I think the budget We have to take into account Yeah and I think the benefit thing Was going to be big So yeah I'll yeah, go, with that. I'll go I just, with
1: that For me How, how do you know Like if, that, if that's a big hit If this really works right. It makes $100 million right. And that's It's still a failure <laughs> Right uh, so, yeah, that's uh, you're going Geely here as well? I am. All right. Well, that makes our second sweep in a row. Oh, my God. Uh, for the uh, two of the more notorious flops. Well, uh, it's, a, they're, it's they're there history, for a reason. Yeah. All right. Our matchups for next week in the Mel Brooks division.
0: The one seed Evan Almighty will take on the five seed Town and Country. That's correct, right? And the three seed, the Adventures of and Nash, take on the seven seed Geely. That is... Or that is a wild matchup.
1: Early on, we're getting a it's uh, similar. Getting a heavy we had something
0: here. like that before. That was like um, Pulp Fiction and Schindler's List for the multiplex yeah. madness forever. But or no, you know what it's like is the next round after that, which was two, four, six. The round of sixteen: Pulp Fiction, Titanic. Yeah,
1: that's what this is. Ex- except the exact opposite in every possible <laughs> way. <laughs> sure.
0: All right, the John Carpenter d- d- Division. Oy boy. Um, these are the reboots and remakes. And here are the matchups. The one-seed Pan will take on the eight-seed Point Break. The four-seed Doolittle takes on the fifth seed, The Wolfman. The three-seed Ghost in the Shell takes on the six-seed Total Recall. And the two-seed Fantastic Four will take on the seven-seed, The Incredible Hulk. So the first matchup is all peas. The second matchup has to do with animals. The third matchup takes place in uh, futuristic cities. And the fourth matchup is superhero movies. Yeah.
1: Marvels, even. Marvels. The two the two uh, non-MCU Marvel flops here. Well, one's in the MCU. Um, I mean... Oh, yeah, I suppose. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I always confuse the Incredible Hulk and Hulk. I see. Constantly. I see. Uh, no, no. Yes. This never is... mind. Just. <laughs> All right. Proceed. The
0: one seed pan against the eight seed Point Break. Pan was released October 9th, two thousand fifteen. Opening weekend fifteen million dollars. It must have opened on a Thursday, I guess, because it's seven. Or or, it was Indigenous Peoples Day. Maybe. Either way, four day weekend of seventeen million budget one fifty. Its final gross thirty five domestic one twenty eight worldwide point break opened on christmas day 2015 opening weekend 10 million dollars budget 105 final gross 29 and a final gross worldwide of 134 bigger profit relative to budget well pan had a budget of 150 it grossed 128 all over the world that's a profit of 85 percent Point Break cost 105. It had gross of 134 worldwide. That's a profit of 127.1 goes to Pan. All
1: right, strong start for Pan. Quality of movie. We hadn't seen either of these. Uh, what are you going with here? I. This one. Uh, I was about to say this one is uh, tough. Cause it's tough for me. I. I actually. I actually think this is. I. I don't like either of these movies. This will be a. A, a theme throughout most of these movies are bad but i do think this is pretty clear Uh, pan is the better movie here to me so i would award the point to point break
0: i think i'm going to as well but i do want to note that um i really didn't care for pan at all i thought it was ugly and not, like, you know, mean, but just didn't look good at all and was devoid of the whimsy and imagination I expect with a Peter Pan story. But uh, Point Break was uh, utterly pointless. Like, I get wanting to do another Peter Pan movie. I don't get doing another Point Break.
1: Yeah. I, for me, just Point Break is uh, deeply boring and uninteresting and uncharismatic, whereas Pan was a a... Pretty uh, pretty boilerplate, but in my opinion, a perfectly competently executed like family fantasy kind of movie that I I felt was really weighed down by the Peter Pan of it all, all as right. these uh, these IP things so often are.
0: Pan opened at number three against The Martian in its second weekend, which made 37 million, and Hotel Transylvania 2 also, uh, or no, sorry, that was number two. In the number two place, but in its third weekend. In Pan's uh, second weekend, it dropped to sixth place on the chart. 61% drop. Uh, Of course, it's based on Peter Pan, the classic fairy tale. The last live-action Peter Pan movie made $48 million domestic in 2003, starring... um, um, J.D. McCoy. And... Pan, however, stars Hugh Jackman. A year after X-Men Days of Future Past became the highest grossing in that series. And seven months after Chappie disappointed, plus Pan, I didn't write this down for some reason, had the, the controversy of casting um, Rooney Mara as Tiger Lily. Sure. A move she has since regretted. Point Break. I, I can imagine. Point Break opened... I don't know why I'm not saying point. I'm saying point break. I'm not getting the N. Point Break... Opened at number eight. Uh, <laughs> big number one on that weekend. Star Wars The Force Awakens' second weekend had $149 million in its sophomore uh, spot. Daddy's Home 2. Nope. <laughs> see how that's confusing, though. Sure. Daddy's Home, in its debut weekend, was at number two with $38 million, And Joy, in its first weekend, was at number three. At Point Break second weekend, it dropped to number nine, 30% drop, thank you Christmas legs. Um, of course, it's based on the original Point Break, which behind the star power of uh, Patrick Swayze, Keanu Reeves, and producer James Cameron made $43 million domestically in 1991, nothing to set the world on fire. Um... Pan has a 27 on Rotten Tomatoes, 36 on Metacritic. Point Break, 11 on Rotten Tomatoes, 34 on Metacritic.
1: No, what are we doing first? So we go easier road to success here, I, uh, which I think has to be Pan. Yeah. Uh, recognizable IP, you know, not, I was going to say not full of stars. It's got Hugh Jackman mm-hmm. uh, and also just a, a reliable cast of, uh, you know, professionals. Uh, At least one. Yeah, I mean, uh, who's the uh, who's the guy who's not Dan Stevens? Garrett Hedlund. Yeah,
0: he's he's not doing anything for anybody
1: though. No, but I just he's he is bringing more to the table for Pan than anyone in Point Break That's is. That's true. I. Uh,
0: Rudy Mara at this point. Yeah, I think *Girl with the Dragon Tattoo*. Yeah, definitely. It's been four years since *Girl with the Dragon Tattoo*, so she was a name.
1: Yeah, none, none of, none of these people are drawing big crowds. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Hugh Jackman aside, but they are, they are all better people to anchor mo- sure. your movie with than the cast of *Point Break*. So, relatively speaking, so
0: you could pan the point here.
1: Yes, I, I also uh, think that *Point Break* uh, opening against uh, the Star Wars wave. Yeah, uh, at Christmas time, even without Star Wars, *Point Break*. It's not a Christmas movie, I wouldn't think.
0: No, it's weird counter-programming. I agree. Yeah, I'll give the point to
1: Pan here. Yeah, so that uh, puts Pan up two to one, and then we move on to furthest from success. Well, Pan has a lot going for it. Joe Wright's a visionary
0: director. Um, What did it release in October? That's a pretty good slot for it. Yeah. Uh, opening against Hotel Transylvania. In it's second weekend, probably not a great idea. Kids just had a movie to see. But, or it's third weekend, but it was still pulling in $20 million. And Point Break, here's what you need to do with Point Break, besides taking it out of Christmas. Yeah. You need to fill it with a hot, sexy cast. 100%. Okay. Maybe change some of the details. Extreme Sports isn't really a thing. Let's say you do—I don't know—street racing. Sure. You want to (laughs) set it in some kind of urban location, uh, hip hop soundtrack, maybe like um, like Sacramento. No, well, no, but Los Angeles, California. Yeah, maybe California. Um, You know, you want the guys to be sexy and the girls to want them, and the guys to want to be them. You know, the main antagonist you'd want to be bald. Definitely, And the other one, uh, um, blonde hair. And I want to say you're going to call them Dominic Toretto and Brian O'Connor. Is this this
1: this might we might be getting a little too in the weeds here. But what do you think? uh, Just throwing this this little spitball out there. If there was a character named Johnny Tran. That'd be a good villain. Nice. That'd be a good villain. All right.
0: And you want the title to, you know, call it a point break. Uh, you know, what is that? Right? That's a surfing. We're not doing surfing anymore. So what is street racing in its essential nature? It's quick and it's um, out of control. You know? Perturbed. It's, it's, yeah, it's enraged. But like the quick and enraged, that doesn't sound... The good. quick and the dead. Quick and the dead. That was already a movie, though, so we Damn. can't do that. So I'm thinking... Maybe, quick, uh, Speedy... speedy the Speedy and the Senseless. No, Senseless. The Fast and... Um, hmm. Fast and the Furious? The, yeah, that could work. <laughs> um, <laughs>
1: that was a long tangent.
0: All right. Um, you have to change too much about Point Break.
1: Yes, Point Break is furthest from success. <laughs> you need an entirely new cast. Yeah. Uh, you need to spend... 30 million dollars less than at this least. at least unless
0: unless you get someone I, to play uh, you know unless you get Channing Tatum to play Bodie
1: yeah I I don't know where this money went I mean there's a lot of stunts in the $105 movie 105 million dollars a lot of
0: people all they're, they're traveling all over the world shooting you got a bunch of stunts you gotta buy you gotta buy insurance, insurance or yeah. yeah
1: I don't know you'd the Point Break remake starring nobody at all. It's one of those things where it's 105 like hundred and five million dollars. You know, we'll see
0: a movie and we'll go, "Oh, that budget's all on the screen." This is one where it should be on the screen because they're not paying anybody anything. Right.
1: I, yeah. So Point Break is uh, furthest from success. I agree, and all we right. are tied two to two. So the legacy. Yes. Hmm. Well,
0: I, what do you think? Let's see. The Tiger Lily thing is is big for for pan that
1: is true that's tough uh yeah i also think and i i didn't remember this until it happened but amongst those that know what pan is uh i think one of the more memorable things uh to you at least going in is yeah them doing nirvana for some reason and blitzkrieg bop and blitzkrieg bop of course i could not remember the the second one the
0: random singing
1: just a just a little sing-along in the middle of the movie (laughs) uh which when And the only two things remembered about your movie Mm -hmm. are uh, a a certain degree of uh, racist decision in your casting. And one of the more inexplicable things I've ever seen, just like (laughs) straight up, like that's that's the one. Got to be top 10. (laughs) It's just batshit insane things I've seen in a movie. I think uh,
0: I think Pan is the bigger whiff here. Costs more. Yeah. Made less. It made less, right? I uh, yeah. Yes. Made less worldwide. Worldwide, yeah. Then uh, and ba- and almost less domestically. Um, and I don't think Point Break is thought of. So yeah. I think the I think Pan has a worse legacy.
1: I agree. So Pan, uh, moves, Pan on. moves on.
0: Have all our one seeds moved on? Yeah, they have. Alexander, Evan Almighty, and Pan. Yep. They've all moved on. All right. Our next matchup, the four-seed Doolittle takes on the fifth-seed The Wolfman. Doolittle was released January 17th, 2020. Probably the last qualified movie that we were going to do here because we we decided early on we weren't going to do any pandemic on films. Opening weekend, $22 million. Uh, I don't know what that 28 is. Maybe it was a holiday. I don't know. Budget 175, final gross 77 and 245 worldwide. The Wolfman was released February 12, 2010. Opening weekend 31 million dollars, 35 for a four-day budget was 150. Final gross 62 and worldwide 140. All right, bigger profit relative to budget. Doolittle had a budget of 175. It grossed 245. That's profit of 140. The Wolfman had a budget of 150. It grossed 140 worldwide. Budget of 90. Profit of ninety-three, point one goes to the Wolfman.
1: That's a yeah, uh, yeah. It's a tough beat. Doolittle's one of those movies that you know is it did so badly Sneakily domestically, made some coin. but overall, it like didn't do that terribly. Domest- I, for the
0: for the type of thing that it is, yeah, I, I guess, remember sure. being shocked that it kept crawling to yeah. Yeah, just re- relative Nearly to its eating. budget, yes. it did badly yeah, absolutely
1: domestically. But sure, $77 million is uh, could be much worse, yeah, as we've for seen. For a live-action kids movie. Yeah. All right, quality movie. We had not seen either of them. Uh, one of the easiest choices so far. Yeah. Uh, Doolittle is the worst movie by... Uh, you know, Wolfman was, like, fine. Yeah. Uh, pretty good when it was good. Yeah, it was enjoyable uh, for the most part. Uh, Doolittle's is orders of magnitude worse.
0: Was the worst movie... Oh, you meant just of the matchup. Yeah. Oh, I thought you meant, is the worst by far the worst movie... In the world? I didn't know. Uh, you didn't finish the the sentiment. I thought you were going to no, say, was, on this tournament... No, it was just worse, or not worse. in this division. I didn't know. Yeah. Um, yes, I agree. Uh, Doolittle gets
1: the point. I don't know that it's the worst movie in this division. Um... Outside of that
0: or Fantastic Four Yeah I Bottom know. two Alright Doolittle opened at number three Against Bad Boys for Life's first weekend Which made 62 And 1917 in its fourth weekend Probably the second weekend that expanded uh, Which had 22 In its second weekend Doolittle dropped to number three It dropped 44% Based on uh, Dr. Doolittle it's a different premise, but the Eddie Murphy film from 1998 made $144 million domestic, and the sequel did $113 four, three years later. Robert Downey Jr. starred. It was almost a year after Endgame. It was his first headlining a non-MCU blockbuster since Sherlock Holmes, a game of Shadows, which made 180 domestic over the Christmas season. Uh, whenever that came out, 2014 maybe. 15 on Rotten Tomatoes, 26 on Metacritic. The Wolfman opened at number two against Valentine's Day, which made $56 million in its opening weekend. That's pretty good. I remember when that exploded. Uh, Hence, we got Mother's Day and New Year's Eve from Gary Marshall. Labor Day. Uh, I don't think he did that one. (laughs) Percy Jackson and The Olympians' The Lightning Thief was number three that weekend in its first weekend with 31. And Avatar... Number four, it's ninth weekend still making twenty-three million dollars. The Wolfman dropped to fifth place the next weekend. Sixty-eight percent drop. Benicio del Toro starred in it. It was his first leading role in a blockbuster. He'd been untested otherwise. And uh obviously based on the Wolfman, one of Universal's classic monsters. Thirty four on
1: Rotten Tomatoes, forty three on Metacritic. Go ahead. It is very surprising to me that I'm about to say that Doolittle clearly had the easier road to success. I, I think so too, and I think it's just based on star power. There, it's I mean, it's it's star power, and it is previous success. Del Toro is just
0: even watching the movie. You're like, why is Benito del Toro starring in
1: this? It is. Uh, it is. It's unusual. not even like
0: that suited to his
1: talents or your no, sensibilities he doesn't, as he doesn't. He does a fine job.
0: He's fine in it, but it's not like you're like, oh, yeah, no one else could have played that part. Yeah.
1: It's a, a it's a strange call, especially if you're already spending $150 million on your movie. Yeah. Like, spend $160 million to, you know, At that point, it doesn't matter. You know
0: what I think is so interesting about how decent The Wolfman is is that the original director dropped out uh-huh. 10 days before shooting. Or no, dropped out and then... Joe Johnston signed on 10 days before shooting started. And he said, um, I can do this in in 80 days, which is the proposed schedule and under your budget. And it turned out that they couldn't. It went Uh over budget and over schedule. But the fact that they had that turnaround time or that kind of a turnaround, the leader of the ship come on 10 days before. And they made a cohesive movie. I mean, there are movies in here that have had less production turmoil like look at I mean Doolittle didn't have less but Doolittle went on went through massive reshoots because Steve Gagin, who's like the writer of Traffic and directed Syriana, yeah, is directing this kids movie and it still baffles me that they decided to go with that. So that they they had that had to be reshot a bunch and uh, it's just it's like almost a mini miracle that the Wolfman turned out as well as it did.
1: Yeah, and it's a little uh, you know it's a little rushed. It's a little. Uh... A little dull at times. Yeah, but the
0: ending's like very like oh he's just gonna fight this yeah, guy. Or whatever. Yeah, Then
1: that feels uh, it feels like the same trap that uh, you know all the all the superhero movie fall yeah. into these days. Where and, and it
0: sucks when he gets to London and you're like oh yeah let's stay in London. And he's like no I'm going back immediately. You're like yeah. no way. Yeah. I'm the stakes gonna... have been up now and now we're just going back to uh, where
1: nobody is. Yeah, all right, fine. I so Doolittle gets the point there. It uh, is up to one. Yeah. Now we do furthest from success uh, my biggest question to you hmm why oh why oh why oh why did Doolittle not open a month prior? It opened January 17th uh, is this, you know uh, well point, I can t- point break is the furthest thing from a Christmas movie I've ever seen. Doolittle's like is there a, is there more of a Christmas movie than this? Well, I'll tell you exactly why.
0: Uh in a couple words, I'm not gonna count Star Wars, the rise of Skywalker, uh-huh, Jumanji, the next level Jumanji planted that flag, I think Jumanji was two thousand nineteen, and that planted that flag, and that was just it like it's just that's
1: yeah i guess I guess that's fine it's real uh, tough
0: yeah. it's it would be real tough to go up against Jumanji when you you're targeting the same demographic um. I think it's. But having said that, it shouldn't open, in my mind, as like the first blockbuster right after the winter movie season where so much money has been spent already. And now Bad Boys for Life is making so much money that I know, obviously, looking back now, it shouldn't be postponed to another month because the world's about to close down. But, like, why not April? Like, why not. Position yourself as like the first. You know what you know what slot could work, and I don't have the time or resources to look it up. I have the resources. I don't want to. Um, open the the winter movie season first first November, or be the thanks big Thanksgiving movie yeah. to, to kind of counter that. The issue with that is that's always a Disney animated movie. You know, like it was the 2019 was Frozen too, so that's uh-huh. always tough. This year was Encanto. But like that first slot, where like Happy Feet worked out, and the Bond movies worked out, and the Incredibles once a time that no first weekend of November, lead us into the the, the season, and also include a scene at Christmas time, to make it feel like a Christmas movie.
1: Yeah, I think not uh, not doing that because it's always a, a Disney movie is just kind of coward shit. Sure, like the uh, you know Jumanji planting the spot, the planting the flag at Christmas. Yeah, I. That only works when they decide to open. Then to begin with, right. you gotta you gotta get in at some point. Sure. Uh, and yeah, I I completely agree. This this feels so much like it should have been a holiday movie. Mm-hmm. Never gonna be the kind of movie that opens to like eighty million dollars and just blows the doors down. But could could have if it was good. If it, if it was good, I can see a world where Donnie Junior
0: has his next franchise. But like, it just looked shitty.
1: And it was shitty. Yeah, uh, but m- meanwhile, let's uh, let's talk Wolfman. I uh, you need someone in that role. You definitely. cannot have
0: Del Toro in that role. Yes, I. Uh, you need like Colin Farrell, even though he's not a big star. He's at least more of a sexy name than Menisa del Toro. You need someone else in that role.
1: Yeah, and like it was a the movie looked pretty good the uh the money was well spent i think it is but too much money. 150 it's too million dollars yeah,
0: maybe we get like a real bear instead of just a completely cgi'd bear sure
1: i or not even a bear yeah i think uh i i don't know am i am i leaning a uh, am i leaning the wolf, wolf category is this this is furthest from success we're doing i on paper is this the on
0: paper one or no, that, is, that's that is that's easier. This Rob. is
1: a yeah. This is just this is which which movie going in was Do further need, from success. Do we to need to change more about, and it.
0: obviously discounting the script. Doolittle needed to cost less. and needed a better release date, and the Wolf Man needed to cost less and needed a new star. And so I think the Wolfman has more to change. I think that's harder. I think that's more of a detriment to not have a big name in your camp for that kind of yeah,
1: thing. Yeah, I uh, I agree, and I do think this is uh, this is one of those cases where you can't you can't really point to like the fundamental problems with the script of Doolittle, other than it was bad. Yeah. Uh, so I don't want to count that. So yeah, I I, I agree. We're going Wolfman. All right. Was further from success, and we are tied at two two. Okay. I. Uh, I mean. This could just be recency bias. Uh, Is this legacy? Yeah,
0: definitely Doolittle. Yeah, Doolittle. Uh, no yeah. one talks about the Wolfman.
1: Are people going to talk about Doolittle in ten years? Yeah, yeah. I th- I think so too. I think the the first big swing for Downey Jr. Mm-hmm. coming out of absolutely uh, coming out of the MCU. This was a a, a very notable whiff, whereas the Wolfman just uh, was just a miss. Alright, doolittle moves on. Doolittle does advance. The three seed Ghost in the Shell takes on
0: the six seed total recall. Ghost in the Shell released March 31st, 2017. Opening weekend $18 million. Budget $110. Final gross $40, 170 worldwide. Total recall was released August third, 2012. Opening weekend 25. Budget 125. Final gross domestic 59 and worldwide 198. Bigger profit relative to budget. Ghost in the Shell had a budget of one ten. It grossed one seventy. That's a profit of one fifty four. Total Recall had a budget of one twenty five. Grossed one ninety eight. That's a profit of one fifty eight. By four points. Point one goes to Ghost in the Shell. That's very exciting. We hadn't seen uh, Total Recall the remake. We watched it for this. Uh, What are you giving this point to?
1: I. I think the worst movie here is Ghost in the Shell. I'm going to look at my letterbox,
0: and I I, I must have done Ghost in the Shell, obviously, when I signed up for Letterboxd, and I just kind of guessed about how I felt. So let me type in Ghost in the Shell. I gave it one and a half stars. Okay. I think that feels right. Total Recall, I gave... One and a half stars. Yeah.
1: Tied.
0: So you're going to Ghost in the Shell. Why?
1: Yeah, uh I just I remember Ghost in the Shell being more boring. Uh, and Total Recall, this remake, was pretty boring. Uh especially by the end. Yes. It uh it dragged and Boy, they
0: were fighting forever on that roof, I feel I felt like.
1: I had i had, I had honestly completely forgotten about the roof fight. In the rain. Uh yeah. That's Total Recall, not good. No, don't want to watch it again. I, but did have like moments here and there, just like yeah. individual, isolated things of like, oh, this is, this is like a fun, brief chase. Or I like, also like
0: the production values of it. Sure, um, I, I think, you I know, also just like Colin Farrell. In general,
1: I I do as well very much. So uh,
0: yeah, I'll I'll, I'll agree. I, I, don't, also I don't really
1: remember Ghost in the Shell having much to recommend. Any about kind it of it at personality all. at all? Yeah,
0: yeah. I'll go with Total Recall here slightly.
1: Uh, Both yeah. bad movies. Yes. So uh, Ghost in the Shell up a uh, up a quick two nothing here.
0: Wow. All right, Ghost in the Shell opened at number three against the Boss Baby and Beauty and the Beast. Number five in its second weekend, it dropped sixty one percent. It was. Uh, the original manga was a smash hit. It was three years. I don't know why this is all written terribly. <laughs> Scarlett Johansson starred in it. It had been three years since her last non-starring MCU vehicle, Lucy, which made one twenty-six domestic and four fifty-nine worldwide huge hit. Uh, obviously, the casting controversy. She could play a tree, is what she said, if she wanted to. Total Recall. She kind of did. <laughs> that's sure. Total Recall opened at number two against the Dark Knight Rises in its third weekend and Diary of a Wimpy Kid Dog Days in its first weekend. It dropped to number five in its sophomore frame, 69% drop. It was a remake of Total Recall, which made $119 million domestic in 1990 with a red-hot Arnold Schwarzenegger. Colin Farrell starred in it. It was his first blockbuster lead in six years since Miami Vice disappointed, but he had a buzzy role in Horrible Bosses a year prior. Kate Beckinsale co-starred reprised. She had reprised her star making role in underworld awakening earlier that year and help with the help of 3d technology. It made 62 million domestic, the highest grossing of that franchise and Len Wiseman, her husband, uh, maybe not at that point, but her husband and uh, director of the first couple underworlds directed total recall 31 on Rotten Tomatoes, 43 on Metacritic for total recall, Forty three on Rotten Tomatoes, fifty two on Metacritic for Ghost in the Shell. So
1: critics think we're wrong, but whatever. Good uh, would not be the first time. I so for easier road to success here, it's a it's tricky. On the one hand, Ghost in the Shell does have Scarlett Johansson uh, coming yeah. off of Lucy, which is a, a you know very very similar uh, like premise in that like sci fi action thing right. going on but i think that was probably pretty well negated by all of the uh people
0: also didn't like lucy after the, they saw it.
1: the news buzz yeah you know it, it a, opened
0: it opened a 40 it had decent legs but it opened to 45 and everyone was like oh this was the trailers promised us like scarlett johansson kid has powers in her right. mind and then it turned out it was much more heady than that. Is
1: so that the one where she turns into a thumb drive yeah okay never seen lucy any good i don't know okay you've never seen lucy no me neither i i'm not a big luke benson guy <laughs> fair enough i whereas total recall I, you know colin farrell's one of those uh, one of those guys that was tried as like the big movie star leading man mm-hmm. many times and is just much more uh, well suited to being a, a sort of weird character actor yeah. he's just unfortunately too handsome for that i but it is based off of this sort of beloved uh, it's a remake of a beloved movie mm-hmm. uh, so not, is the other one not what the uh not what the cast would have you believe yeah i would uh, i would guess that total recall like the original total recall probably has yeah, uh, more as far cinematic as appeal go, yes. uh mm-hmm. yeah than uh, than ghost in the shell i you know ghost in the shell didn't really have any significant competition going on uh whereas i'm guessing the audiences for total recall and the dark knight rises probably have a similar. pretty strong overlap yeah i so maybe i give the edge to ghost in the shell here for uh, the for easier road because of the dark knight factor but i think it's a pretty close one
0: I think I agree, and I'm the reason I'm doing this is just for the stars of it. I think Johansson's name is bigger than Farrell's yeah. at the time of those releases. And so, yeah, I feel like the one's a safer bet than the other.
1: All right, and that's a, a, a clean sweep for Ghost in the Shell. Three to nothing victory. Wow, Advances. Ghost in the Shell
0: moves on. All right, our last matchup. This is a big one. Fantastic Four, the two-seed, against the Incredible Hulk, the seven-seed. Fantastic Four was released August 7th, 2015. Opening weekend $25 million, budget $120, final gross $56 and $168 domestic. The Incredible Hulk was released June 13th, 2008. Opening weekend $55 million, budget of $137, final gross $135 and worldwide $264. Bigger profit, relative to budget. Fantastic Four cost $120, it grossed $168. Profit of one hundred forty percent. The Incredible Hulk had a budget of one thirty seven. It grossed two sixty four worldwide. Profit of one ninety three point one goes to Fantastic Four. Yeah. Quote: uh, This is easy quality movie. We both dislike Fantastic Four more than the other one.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. The uh, The Incredible Hulk is not a memorable MCU movie, but mm. it is uh, very far from a uh, complete calamity. Yeah.
0: Fantastic Four opened at number two uh, against Mission Impossible, Mission Impossible, Rogues Nations, it uh, which was in number one slot in its second weekend, and The Gift was at number three. In its second weekend, Fantastic Four dropped to number four. It dropped 68%, obviously, based on the uh, comics and uh, a revival. Uh, Since the last film, Fantastic Four, the first one made 152 domestic in 2005. Imagine that. And the second did 132 in 2007. Josh Trank wrote and directed this. His uh, previous film, his feature-like debut, Chronicle, made a surprising 64 million domestic in 126 three years prior. The Incredible Hulk opened at number one against Kung Fu Panda in its second weekend. And The Happening in its first weekend, which made 30. Number 2 in its second weekend, the Incredible Hulk dropped 60%. Obviously again based on the comic book character. The original film, The Hulk in 2003 was polarizing, but it made 132. This film came out a month after Iron Man which had made 293 at that point. Downey had an uncredited cameo at the end of that film, at the end of The Incredible Hulk. Edward Norton starred. He had never solo headlined a blockbuster before. Incredible Hulk has a 67 on Rotten Tomatoes, 61 on Metacritic. Fantastic Four has a 9% on Rotten Tomatoes, 27 on Metacritic. So,
1: easier road to success here. uh, I don't know. The Ed Ed Norton never having headlined anything uh, that isn't the 25th hour is... uh, I mean, neither had
0: any of the people in Fantastic Four.
1: Fair point. I
0: and Edward Norton at least had the cloud of being like an Oscar-nominated actor.
1: Yeah, that's a uh, yeah, that is a good point. Do you remember in 2008, like how much was known about the plans for the MCU? Very little. Did we uh, the
0: the thing at the end of Iron Man was like a big surprise, the Avengers Initiative thing. Okay,
1: so we did not we did not know uh, we did not know for sure uh, when the Incredible Hulk came out that we were building towards the Avengers. No, people had
0: no idea. Well, he says the Avengers in this show. But people had no idea that the two movies were connected. They were both different studios. This was universal. Iron Man was paramount. And so when... that a I, weird time. I remember we had seen... We saw The Incredible Hulk a little bit after its release. And so people were talking about that, that cameo so much that in some of its TV spots, yeah. they had Downey Jr. in it. After the movie had come out, just come back. People already know this is happening, and plus,
1: it might get people who don't know
0: to come see the movie because Iron Man's about to make three hundred. Yeah. So
1: yeah, I uh, I don't know. I feel I feel kind of bad saying that the Incredible Hulk had the easier road to success. Why? Because like, it kind of had success. You know, I still yeah, uh, it was successful. Yeah, anyway. I still uh, I still stand by my uh, my reason for drafting it. At, uh, at seven, here is that it was a you know, it was a flop compared to what it could have been, right? What the rest of the MCU would immediately become, sure. Uh, yeah. but yeah, it's, so you know, it's, it's here in the tournament. I think the Incredible Hulk had the easier road to success, it's a, it's a buzzier thing. Um, I'm gonna go
0: with because Universal knew about the Iron Man thing. That yes, I'm gonna say that had the easier road to success based okay. on that.
1: So we're at two one Fantastic Four. I which let's
0: from, get let's get into it.
1: Which movie was further from success?
0: Uh, well, well, one of them made significantly more money
1: than the other. Yeah, this is a uh, this this is like one of one of the strongest Almost victories every... in a category for a movie. You think it's Fantastic Four? Yes, I think Fantastic Four was, uh, you know, the the Incredible Hulk. Like maybe you get a more uh, a buzzier name to right. be Bruce Banner, Daddy but like, Junior wasn't a name. Yeah, none none of the none of the MCU people were a huge deal when they were cast. Right. Uh, Chris Evans, reason, Chris Hemsworth, etc. Part et of the cetera. reason for
0: its success is that people grew to love those incarnations.
1: Exactly. I. So I. I don't really hold that against Hulk. Uh, Fantastic Four was just one of the more famous, uh, you know, troubled productions that we've gotten yeah. in some time. Notorious. Uh, and the results were horrendous. It's, you know, a, a, lot of, a lot of times you see a movie, you see Doolittle, for instance, and you look at it and you go, oh, yeah, I can... I you can you can kind of tell like this there were a lot of stop and starts and like different hands in the broth yeah. and it produced kind of a kind of a muddled thing overall. Uh it's rare you see a movie and go like oh this this 20 minute section in the middle was directed by a different person with a different script. Right. Like so so clearly <laughs> and then this ending was shot in forty five minutes. Yeah, I, I guess I wasn't thinking about the the ending of that movie. I guess I wasn't thinking
0: about the the behind the scenes turmoil. But that, that that is what needs to change. And I I I think Edward Norton had problems on set. I think he was kind of tough to work with. And him, sure, and, he's a he's a difficult fella. Yeah, and him and the director butted heads. But yeah, nothing like what Trank had to go through. Um, so yeah, I agree.
1: Yeah, and then. Uh, you- you know, just in terms in terms of competition, I think uh, Mission Impossible was probably a bigger roadblock than uh, Kung Fu Pan and yeah, there, I mean, anything the incredible Hulk had. Yeah, I agree. So we're voting fantastic four and moving it into the round of thirty two.
0: All right. So out of the John Carpenter division, then a one seed Pan next week, two weeks from now, we'll take on the four seed Doolittle and the three seed Ghost in the Shell. Will take on the two seed Fantastic Four. So just the top four move on.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. That was a, uh, yeah. It, was a, it was a well uh, a well drafted round by you and I. All right, the
0: Steven Spielberg division. These are the franchise non starters. Here we go. The one seed jo- uh, John Carter will take on the eight seed R.I.P.D. The four seed the Golden Compass will take on the fifth seed the Lone Ranger. The three-seed After Earth will take on the six-seed The Last Airbender, and the two-seed Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets will take on the seven-seed Green Lantern. John Carter was released March 9th, 2012. Opening weekend, $30 million. Budget, $250. Final gross, $73 domestic and $284 worldwide. RIPD came out July nineteenth, two 2013. Opening weekend, $12 million. Budget of $130. Final gross, dollars Thirty-three domestic, one seventy-eight worldwide. Oh, there you. it is. Thank you. Bigger profit relative to budget. John Carter costs two fifty to make it gross two eighty-four worldwide. That's profit of one thirteen. Ripd costs one thirty to make it gross seventy-eight. That's a profit of sixty point one goes to Oof. Ripd.
1: That's tough. Our quality of movie also goes to RIPD. Uh yes, RIPD is worse. John Carter, a uh, you know, big it big, would
0: be big famous flop, but shocking to me if John Carter is eliminated in the first round, let's see if he can pull off a clean sweep from here on out. I think it can. Well, let's uh, let's get into it. John That's Carter some stats. Opened at number 2 against the Lorax and Project X both in their second weekends. Number 3 In Weekend 2, 55% drop. Disney had a huge marketing push with this movie. Uh, It opened on the same weekend as Alice in Wonderland two years prior, which made huge bucks. Andrew Stanton wrote and directed the film. Uh, He's Disney Animation royalty. He was the writer-director of Finding Nemo and Wally, And he was the writer or the co-writer of A Bug's Life, Toy Story 1 and 2, and Monsters, Inc., this is his first foray into live action. It had a 52 on Rotten Tomatoes and a 50. That's a very nice split. 51 on Metacritic, right? The same thing. RIPD opened at number seven. The Conjuring was number one that weekend. Turbo also opened that weekend, also starring Ryan Reynolds. And Red 2 opened that weekend. Crowded fucking weekend. Number three in its second weekend. It dropped 52%. It's based on a comic book, trying for Men in Black vibes. Jeff Bridges starred in the film four years after his Oscar win, three years after Tron Legacy and True Grit. They grossed one seventy two and one seventy one respectively. Five days apart they were released. Good lord! Big December for him. It was a big Jeff Bridges renaissance. Ryan Reynolds also starred in the shocking film. To me, two. What? Did they both came out at the same time.
1: That uh, that there was that moment. It's it's kind of like, uh, you know, we were talking a few months ago about how there was a period in time when Jeff Goldblum was just like the hottest star in the mm-hmm. world. Uh, Je- Jeff Bridges does not seem like the kind of guy that could, yeah, it was a nice that could for anchor Bridges. a $170 million movie, let alone two at the yeah. same time. Ryan Reynolds also starred two years
0: after The Green Lantern failed and a year after Safe House hit it big with Denzel's help. 12 on Rotten Tomatoes, 25 on Metacritic.
1: Yeah. I uh, So, easier road to success here. Uh I think has to be John Carter because it has the uh, the power of God behind it. I agree. Uh perhaps it perhaps in 2012 uh, Disney was not the uh the almighty empire that it is today, but it was also uh, not some little startup. It was yeah, quite uh, I think they had, quite powerful in the They were industry. About to by Marvel. Yeah.
0: They 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 were doing fine. Um and they must have bought Star Wars like that because Force Awakens came out three years later, so they're probably buying Star Wars. Okay, so this,
1: so this basically is the time when they become the uh, the next level behemoth that they are today. I and yeah, when you've got when you've got that studio behind you, putting its full uh, its full force into making you a success. That's Disney bought the Marvel best you can ask in two
0: thousand and nine.
1: Good lord, really? That's all right, good for them. I did I did not realize that happened so early in the uh, they would buy the Star Wars Marvel.
0: for four billion dollars in cash and stock uh, that year in October.
1: seems like a good deal for disney yeah yeah I mean, I mean it's a
0: good deal for lucas got four billion dollars that's true plus whatever the hell else Every, he had everybody wins yeah
1: but like dude, it's a steal for disney yeah would you would you rather have four billion dollars now or uh or more, you bil- t- or more billions over the next many years <laughs> or do you
0: want to keep having to think of different shit to do yeah <laughs> you can get four billion to never think again I'll, all
1: right I'll, yeah i accept yeah I. Uh, yeah. It's a good way of looking at it. Yeah, like at, at a certain point. It if he really wanted to matter. keep
0: making Star Wars money, he'd have to keep making the movies. Yeah, you can, not
1: necessarily, <laughs> but just you know, to increase his sure capital. You could make you could make the argument that Star Wars is worth I don't know twenty five billion dollars yeah, or how however many billion yeah. dollars. But you get four billion dollars, you're you're yeah, made in the shade. Right? <laughs> you're
0: fine. All right,
1: what are we doing here? So John <laughs> Carter, uh, we agree, has the easier road to success. Yeah, uh, I agree. R.I.P.D. is a. Much uh, a much smaller thing, uh, so John Carter is uh, inching its way yep toward the victory. Uh, furthest from success, which movie uh, do we need to change more about John Carter to make it a hit? I'll tell you why. R.I.P.D. has decent, has
0: great stars for that kind of franchise. Sure, both a uh, great budget, one thirty easily doable for like trying. You know, like a smaller Men in Black. The only thing I need to change again, quality and outstanding. The only thing I need to change on RAPD is a better director and a different release date. That's yeah. it.
1: I, uh, you know, I hadn't even really considered. Uh, obviously, this movie is uh, is like going for the Men in Black thing. Right. I hadn't really considered how similar a pairing, Ryan Reynolds and Jeff Bridges are to a, Will Smith and oh, Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah. Like it's, it's like now now that it occurs to me. It's obvious. Yeah. Uh, gruff older guy, uh, charming, charismatic even, younger guy. We're is
0: even doing a southern accent.
1: Yeah, but uh, but yeah, that's that's nuts. I was I was gonna say, you know, they're really good. Like uh, they're really good duo pairing. Yeah. You've got this. You've got the sort of uh, gruff, scraggly guy, the young, uh, the young, shiny guy, and wait, where did they do that before? Right. I. So yeah, what I. Uh, what meanwhile are we changing about John Carter?
0: Uh the budget needs to be lower, you need a different is, star, you also need a
1: different title. Yes. Uh $250 million is a very hard sell for anything to be Outside a of star uh, Wars to be a big success or right. or an
0: Avengers movie.
1: Yeah. Uh and yeah, the just calling it John Carter means nothing. It's very uninteresting. And you it's, need a different star. And yeah, those are the Taylor Kitsch thing did not happen. Those
0: are, you know, Big cornerstones of a movie. I agree. Uh, yeah. Also, relatively speaking, I know Alice in Wonderland hit it big there, but that was partially, and Disney should have recognized this, because of the 3D boom right after Avatar, which is the next 3D movie, and it was three months after Avatar. Plus, Tim Burton and Johnny Depp. Plus, source material. Yeah. If you wanted this to hit, it probably should have either been like a Christmas going for an Avatar feel. You know what I mean? That yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of christmas mega sci-fi blockbuster or a summer
1: thing yes i uh, i think either of those would have been so i think a new release date is also necessary
0: even though it, it opened against nothing i still think it just it can't play like the next biggest movie of all time which you arguably need it to be when your budget is 250 and you spent out the ass for marketing
1: so we are uh, we are all tied up here uh we move into legacy which I think again I think it pulls off the sweep. Yes, I I agree John Carter is one of the uh, notorious. one of the more notorious flops that we have going in this tournament. And that's a
0: shame cuz like it's not bad. It's just yeah. like it's just mediocre.
1: That's going to be a, it's going to be real interesting going forward. Yeah, John, John Carter like it's it's profit relative to budget is not good. It's middling right like, now yeah, for like this for the, this tournament. Yeah, being in the being in the low hundreds is like kind of okay. Yeah. So that that point's gonna be uh, gonna be touch and go. Uh, compared to most of the movies in here, it's pretty all right. Yeah. So uh, so yeah, it's gonna need to have a strong back half to really. And it does going forward. It does. I. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we agree on John Carter's legacy, and it moves on over R.I.P.D. Right. The four
0: seed Golden Compass takes on the fifth seed The Lone Ranger. The Golden Compass came out December seventh, two thousand seven. Opening weekend twenty six million dollars, a budget of one eighty. Final gross seventy domestic three seventy two, really good for two thousand seven uh, worldwide. The Lone Ranger was released July 3rd, 2013, opening weekend 29. It opened for that sweet, sweet July 4th holiday, $48 million over the five-day. Budget, $215, final gross, $89, and $260 worldwide. Bigger profit relative to budget. The Golden Compass had a budget of $180, it grossed $372, that's a profit of $207. The Lone Ranger had a budget of $215, and it grossed $260 that's a profit of one twenty one point one goes to the lone ranger all right
1: quality of movie noah what do you think
0: you hadn't seen either of these
1: uh i had not seen either of these that is correct i i think that i uh, i think golden compass gets my vote as the worst movie here i agree i uh, i think it felt like a it felt like a much more strained adaptation i mm-hmm. uh, this is a a porn I don't want to belabor, belabor too much because I'm going to make it stronger about a different movie uh, in a little bit, but you could you could really feel that like this is a big complex story that has been turned into a regular length movie, uh, and that just made it really uninteresting. Whereas the Lone Ranger, uh, much like John Carter, just kind of not bad. No, uh,
0: I I like parts. I very much enjoy parts of the Lone Ranger. The, uh, I think it looks great. I think the production design is great. I think it's full of, like, imagination. You know, not as far as, like, you know, whimsy, but just, like, Im- Im- imagination.
1: Sure. It's creative.
0: Yeah. And,
1: uh, yeah, the, I just, it's uh, pretty decent. The Johnny Depp thing is tough. It's real tough. You know, after uh, talking talking about Pan, we should also bring up uh, Johnny, Johnny Depp tough. as Tonto. It's is weird a... how they kind
0: of skirted that, because they did...
1: I, I from what I recall, there was a controversy,
0: and then he spent like a long time with a certain Native American group, uh-huh. and I think they kind of gave a like a, like well at least he tried to understand our culture, whatever it was. But looking if that was done today, it would not matter.
1: No, I I don't. I don't. I don't really know that. To me, it mattered. Uh, it mattered. I mean, I wasn't thinking about the Lone Ranger at the time. Right. It's just he's doing a voice, and that's like yeah, the voice is tough. That that's just a an impossible barrier to entry. Yeah. At, at least with Rooney Mara, she was just like, it's like yeah, she was yeah. just a person that was dressed in right native garb. Uh, yeah. It's not. Uh, it's not good. But the Lone Ranger is uh, is is generally pretty all right.
0: Yeah, right. so... So, uh, we are all tied up. The Golden Compass opened at number one. Enchanted was in its third weekend, and this Christmas was in its third weekend. Both made ten and five, respectively. In its second weekend, the Golden Compass uh, dropped to number three. It dropped 65%. It's based on a popular children's book, or a series of books, released on the same weekend as the Chronicles of Narnia two years earlier, which hit big. Daniel Craig uh, starred in it, or... Kind of. It was a year into his tenure as Bond and his Invasion co-star, Nicole Kidman, also starred in it. It was released a few months after the Invasion came out. 42 on Rotten Tomatoes, 51 on Metacritic. The Lone Ranger opened at number one. Despicable Me 2... Well, no, I think it opened at number two. I think that's wrong. It definitely did. Despicable Me 2 was number one that weekend with $83 million and The Heat was number... that's all wrong. The Heat was number three that weekend. Who knows how much that made. The Lone Ranger dropped to number five in weekend two. Dropped 60%. Based on, obviously, the famous character, or, I don't know, semi-famous character, it had the entire creative team behind Pirates five years after they last collaborated and at World's End. That means the star, the director, the writers, the producer, the studio, everyone came back. Johnny Depp starred as Tonto 2 years after On Stranger Tides still made 240 domestic and 1 bill worldwide a year after Dark Shadows flopped. Army Hammer starred as the title character 3 years after The Social Network it was his first lead blockbuster role, 30% on Rotten Tomatoes 37 on Metacritic.
1: Uh, I'm just going to uh, jump in here because I was curious. Uh, the Heat made uh, $24 million in its second weekend. Yeah. It had 86 total That's at that point, That's which what is what happened. Uh, so, yeah, uh, we're talking easier road to success here. And for me, uh, the deciding factor here is the, uh, the run back of Pirates, I think. My answer is the Lone Ranger. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it had, uh, like you said, it had the entire team. Uh, it had a... You know they were they were just doing the same thing, but in the West, and it was I think I think basically the perfect amount of time, may maybe like a year too late to to really capitalize. Well, if it had but, come
0: out a year too late, then it would have been only one year after On Stranger Tides.
1: Yeah, sure. but I, No, I agree. Yeah, I. So yeah, my uh, my vote fo- my vote here is uh, is definitely the Lone Ranger. I agree. All right. And then furthest from success, with The Lone Ranger moving up in a two-to-one lead, I... Uh, is it possible this is also The Lone Ranger? Well, what uh, what all do we need to change about The Lone Ranger here? That seems like a... a it's a fine release
0: date. Yeah. Dispickle Me 2 was going to be a smash. It was a breakout sequel to a movie that already made a fuckload of money. But it would it, it was positioning itself as like the big live action movie action movie specifically in July what year did it come out 2013 yeah i don't remember what came out else that came out that july man, man of steel was a few weeks earlier in june but that was always a gamble in a sense of like you know it's a new superman whatever but this was like supposed to be the big action movie of july so the release date's fine yeah budget i could go a little lower on oh yeah two hundred two
1: hundred and fifteen million. dollars. that's a lot for the first installment yeah
0: because that proposes that if you do a sequel it's got to be like 250 and
1: already you're capped yeah and like when you're doing a uh when you're doing a pirates movie or especially like pirates 2 once you start getting davy jones in there like i I can I can see why all the all the ships and the water and the effects and the creatures and all stuff. All the water. Uh, well, they had to buy all that water. Yeah. I. Uh, yeah. All the, again, all that money is showing up on screen. I. Whereas I feel like the Lone Ranger just does not look like it should cost the same amount of money as a pirates movie.
0: Right, because it's in the desert.
1: Yeah, because it's just because they don't have to buy any water. They 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 actually need well, very little nice. water. Um, I. Whereas the you know the Golden Compass uh, costing 180 has fantastical creatures and settings right. and effects and and
0: you obviously don't want depth to be overstaged but I think you do try to get someone else for the Lone Ranger it's the lead character yeah so find another hot young stu- I hate to keep doing this but Channing Tatum would have been fine yeah the... um, in
1: that regard. The point is, Channing Tatum uh, is—he can do uh, anything. Yeah, he's one of—he's one of uh, those—he's one of those stars that like isn't gonna—he's not gonna anchor a hundred million dollar movie, but he's just yeah, he is just a a reliable draw. Right. Whereas the the, golden the Golden Compass opened in the perfect
0: release date. Nicole Kidman is good. I mean, there's not really any place to put like a young hot teen star
1: yeah this is a it's a,
0: it's a child and then an adults if so. this
1: if this movie happened to be made uh 10 years later it could star millie bobby brown but
0: two years after chronicles that is a rare thing is a good amount of time yeah so there's not much i change about the golden Cup.
1: <laughs> yeah it just didn't work it Just didn't work i think do you, do you think uh daniel craig and nicole kidman are just like do not like seeing each other anymore (laughs) after, after the 2007 they had maybe just like, Oh, this is an interesting script. Who Mm. else is involved in? No, (laughs) I I, keep me away. (laughs) Never going back to work with that person. I, yeah, I I think that feels right. The golden, the golden compass is like on paper looks pretty good. Just didn't, just didn't hit. Yeah. Uh, So yeah, the lone ranger is getting, uh, is getting that point for me as well. And advancing over the golden compass. Wow. All right. The 3 seed After Earth takes on the 6 seed The Last Airbender. After Earth came out May 31st,
0: 2013, opening weekend 27 million, a budget of 130, final gross 60, domestic 243, worldwide. The Last Airbender was released July 1st, 2010, opening weekend $40 million, 58 for the 4 day. <whistles> budget 150, it made 131, a shocking 131. Domestic and 319 worldwide, bigger profit relative to budget. Well, After Earth cost 130, it made 243. That's a profit of 187. And the last Airbender had a budget of 150, it made 319, profit of 213. Point one goes to After Earth.
1: These movies both were huge successes uh, relative Relatively. to everything else we've been talking about. What are you thinking here? I. This is a. Uh, this is a very tough call on quality of movie. <laughs> I let's see. I'm sorry. I want to uh, make sure I get that. We did a whole series
0: about Will Smith. We even talked about him earlier on part one of this podcast.
1: Yeah, and he just won an Oscar. Both of these movies, I uh, of course, uh, both directed by M Night Shyamalan. It's Truth, it's uh, Shyamalan showdown in his. Uh, his real uh, his real low point uh this this kind of uh, early 2010s god i don't know i mean and obvi- obviously you know i am i am colored by the bias of uh, you know i'm a big fan of the last airbender show sure uh, and have no connection to the broader after earth universe
0: why don't i go first sure cuz may sway you last airbender's worse okay the story is worse. The way it's done is worse. But it's the acting. Jay, the, the way that's that, a, the the way that they have Jaden Smith and Will Smith act in After Earth is nuts. They act, they act like robots. But the the way that everyone delivers their lines in Airbender is especially Ong. <laughs> yeah, that's that's his name <laughs> in the movie. Is man. cringeworthy. Nails on a chalkboard. Bad. And so, while I may like some of the direction or some of the cinematography choices, and I like certain moments in the Last Airbender, uh-huh. that's the one I'll be going to the least from here on out.
1: Okay, I that d- that does sway me. It lets me know that my uh, it's not just my bias talking. Mm-hmm. I uh, when it's also incredibly boring. Yeah, and is a, a really really bad adaptation. I. Yes, I will. Uh, I will comfortably vote the last Airbender there, as well to tie us up at one to one. Okay. Uh, the, yeah, the 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 acting's a really good point because even with uh, the robotic nature of After Earth, yeah. you can still kind of tell that like it's Will Smith yeah. acting like an insane robot. Sure. He's still he still got and Jaden's not
0: very good in it, but
1: sure. But he's it's... he's way he's way better than. Um. Uh, almost everyone in the last air better. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we're all uh, we're all tied up there. All right.
0: After Earth opened a number three against Fast and Furious, should be Fast and Furious six there in its second weekend, and now you see me in its first weekend. It dropped to seventh place in its sophomore frame, sixty-one percent drop. Will Smith starred in it. It was a year after coming back. To blockbusters with MIB3, which did very well. It was a passion project. He helped develop it so far as creating a Bible for it, involving plans for a telecommunication universe. Jaden Smith starred in it. It was their reunion with uh, each other for the first time since Pursuit of Happiness in 2006, which made a lot of money and got Smith his second Oscar nomination. It was Jaden's first film since The Karate Kid was a huge hit. It made like 170 Noah. In 2010. I remember that being a really big deal. M. Night Shyamalan directed. It was three years after The Last Airbender made money, but was his worst reviewed effort. 11% on Rotten Tomatoes, 33 on Metacritic. Last Airbender opened at number two against The Twilight Saga Eclipse first weekend with 65. Hmm. Double check that for me. All right. Toy Story 3 in its third weekend. Uh... <laughs> I put Toy Story 3 in its third weekend With $289 million (laughs) Which would be a huge third weekend Uh, Last Airbender dropped to fifth the next week 58% drop Based on the acclaimed Nickelodeon series M. Night Shyamalan wrote and directed Two years after The Happening Nearly revitalized his career at the box office It did fairly well It was his first adaptation And his first film for children 5% on Rotten Tomatoes 20 Metacritic I uh, so eclipse. I uh, was it sixty five, and then it was just a long.
1: Yeah, it it opened Fourth uh, of July weekend. Yeah, so sixty five was the uh, the, was the three tech. day, and then it uh, yeah, the holiday was eighty three point six altogether.
0: Mm, still seems low.
1: All right. i uh, Yeah. Yeah. Though now I'm I'm look I'm looking at the to date numbers, and they're in like let me see it. the hundred and fifties already. I. Uh, yeah. So Hold on, who gonna, the hell knows? We're going to go to daily.
0: It's for a movie. It's not on our chart. It opened 68 million in its first day.
1: Yeah. And I guess that's just not being counted in the weekend.
0: Right. So the weekend is, is the Friday. Yeah. 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 All right. I must've just saw the 68 and put that as the whole weekend.
1: I don't know. Who cares? So <laughs> on, anyway, the thing about twilight soccer clips <laughs> is, is that, that it's that- the best one. <laughs> That is uh, what I've heard uh, from you. Uh, so, yes, we are talking about easier road to success here. I, this one is also tough because on the one hand, After Earth clearly has the star power oh, yeah. to be a success where The Last Airbender does not. However, how much is that counteracted by uh, being directed by M. Night Shyamalan in 2013? I think you know he was a. What a good he point. He, he came sense... out. Uh, he came out of the gate super hot and was like, "This is the next Spielberg, right?" Mm-hmm. He uh, two uh, two in a row with Six Sense and Signs. Unbreakable. Uh, unbreakable. Sure. I, uh, and then, kind of slowly becomes a, a joke, mm-hmm. a, a punchline rather than a, a a box office hit. Has the happening and it's almost like, oh, is is M Night coming back? Like right. this movie is. Uh, succeeding, but is also quite bad, and it's got both going at once. And then the last Airbender, I think, kind of cemented his reputation uh, as. I guess the question there is like, does does did.
0: the negativity of the last Airbender? By the way, I remember during the promotional ads for After Earth, they did not say an M night. It was the first time it said it didn't in the trailer say an M night Shyamalan film. Yeah. But Will Smith is a producer. Them reteaming after Jaden hit it big all those years ago, and Will coming back with Men in Black Three, he's on top again. Not, not that movie did Gangbusters, but it did really well. Sure. Last Airbender just has that property to go off of, and has no stars in it at all. I have to give it to the names.
1: Yeah, I think I think that's right. I I got to give I, it to the Smiths. I think I agree that uh, yeah, After Earth had the easier road to success yeah. because just the Smiths are. A bigger deal than M. Night Shyamalan is a drawback.
0: And then as far as um, what do you change? I mean, The Last Airbender made decent money.
1: Yeah, it was a but almost, if, almost made its budget back domestically. Uh, if I had to
0: change something,
1: After Earth I think needs to get a new release date.
0: Coming off the heels of Fast and Furious 6 is tough. Again, maybe that maybe that's a Christmas one. I mean, that's you play, yeah. you do a family thing, and maybe that's a Christmas play. Pursuit of Happiness was Christmas, um, and the last Airbender. I think uh, you you've got to find some name to put in there, right? Somebody. Somewhere, yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. Someone's got a star in that fucking movie. Yes, I. No
0: offense to Deb Patel, but yeah, when when Def when Deb
1: Patel in two thousand ten is. By far the most famous person in the movie? Yeah. Am I forgetting anyone?
0: Asif Monfy.
1: Alright, so maybe not quite by far in two thousand ten. I here's what I, here's what I'll say about the last airbender, and this is going to be I think it's the, a good release date for Airbender though. Oh yeah, in the beginning of July, sure.
0: July fourth weekend. It's got the the, the, the the female catered to Twilight and then the kids' toy stories in its
1: third weekend. This is going to be the time when I let my inner uh, Last Airbender nerd sure. out. Sure, go ahead. I think when you're adapting a thing, it has to be done by someone that has a certain amount of respect for the thing. Okay. I, I think it shows up on screen when you're adapting this, uh, this big beloved TV show and just, like, clearly haven't seen it? Right. Like, I, you know, I kept pointing out to you as we're watching it, yeah. like, half of the names in this movie are just pronounced wrong. His name is not Ong. <laughs> it's the, the. I think that what
0: you're saying here is a great point, that the biggest change for Airbender is it needed a filmmaker who understood the source material. Yeah, because you can... And whose heart was in it.
1: Yeah, who could who could have turned it into a more streamlined adaptation of this story rather than just a, sure. a haphazard to be generous. I agree. Let's recreation get, of it. Let's give the point. So Last Airbender is further from success. And we're tied here. Uh, legacy. Move on to legacy. Is it after Earth with the whole Scientology business? I don't know. I I feel like... I, It also kind of
0: finished M. Night and it led him to finance his own movies and then make uh, The Visit two years after this.
1: I feel like for someone who had such a big downswing uh, and then, you know, later, later revival, but at the time, such a big downswing in their career. People think of M. Night Shyamalan as the guy who started big and then made all these shitty movies that we make fun of. I, to my mind, The Last Airbender is like his low point. Uh, is considered his low point. Uh, Certainly critically. Yes. That is... Uh, you know, not you look at not the, commercially, but critically. Right, right, right. Yeah, just in in terms of, like, this guy was once so good, and now he just sucks. Uh, I think Last Airbender is thought of as that's his a, worst movie. That's a... Okay. Uh, and also does have the... Uh, you know, I don't I don't know how small, but certainly rabid fan base of The fans legacy being, of being that at the, yeah, the this adaptation. Is a, this is a beloved property by a, a certain subset of people. Uh, and it is like the show is in fact quite good. I'll add one more one more voice to that pile. And it's it's a horrifically bad adaptation of that thing.
0: The only thing I'm gonna throw at you is the Smiths. Okay. Is the the dent it took to dismiss to comeback and them working together after so successfully doing so in the pursuit of evidence, I don't think Jaden's made a movie since. And so that family, now the legacy of that family is entirely different, but <laughs> sure. But that family and their movie career, this is a, a big hit against it. This is them working together again and not working out on a colossal level. But the fan base is big for this. And if they ever make another one, it will be held in comparison to this. Whereas, yeah. if Will Smith and Jaden ever make a movie together, it'll be After Earth and The pursuit of Happiness that'll be looked against. So, I agree. Let's go with Airbender.
1: All right, uh, Airbender gets the point there. You know they are. Uh, I'm I'm sure you do know, but that they are adapting uh, Avatar once again for Netflix. Uh, right. For Netflix, yeah, and. Uh, yeah. People are nervous. Well, it's going to be shitty. The, does, that, does that make uh, Avatar move on? Uh, yes. Last Airbender okay. advances.
0: Our last matchup, the two-seed Valerian in the City of a Thousand Planets against the seven-seed Green Lantern. Valerian opened on July 21st, 2017. Opening weekend, $17 million. Budget, 180 Final gross, 41 domestic, 266 worldwide. Green Lantern... Had uh, was released j- June seventeenth, twenty eleven. Opening weekend fifty three million. Budget of two hundred. Final gross one sixteen and two twenty worldwide. Valerian had a budget of one eighty. It grossed two twenty six. That's a profit of one twenty five. And Green Lantern had a budget of two hundred. It grossed two twenty. Profit of one ten. Point one goes to Green Lantern. Uh, quality movie. We watched enough of Valerian. I think we definitely agree that Green Lantern's worse.
1: Yes, Green Lantern is. Uh, a... Yeah just soulless and awful yep and Valerian uh, is pretty uh, pretty charming yeah so seemed far. like fun yeah
0: uh Valerian opened at number five Dunkirk was number one in its first weekend girls trip number two and war for the Planet of the Apes sat at number four number eight was Valerian in its second weekend 62 percent drop Luke Bassand wrote and directed three years after Lucy Uh, That was a polarizing but surprise hit with 126 domestic and 459 worldwide. Had ScarJo in the lead. He then followed that up a year later with uh, a year after Valerian with 2018 sexual assault. I don't know why I have that if it's after the kit fact. Green Lantern, just 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 to let everybody know, he's a piece of shit. Uh, Green Lantern opened at number one. Super 8 was in its second weekend. Mr. Popper's Penguins was in its first. And X-Men First Class was uh, in its third Green Lantern dropped to number three the next weekend, 66% drop. It was a big superhero play, first time this character had been seen in live action. Generic, four-quadrant, colorful, fun blockbuster. Something for everybody. Ryan Reynolds starred in it two years after The Proposal, made about 160 with Sandra Bullock's help, and two years after his ill-fated appearance as Deadpool and X-Men Origins Wolverine. 26 on Rotten Tomatoes, 39 on Metacritic for Green Lantern, 47 on Rotten Tomatoes for Valerian, 51 Metacritic. Go
1: ahead. Uh, easier road to success uh certainly green lantern absolutely green lantern it's a uh it's, it's a b- well it's a well-known property from a big oh, comic yeah. studio oh yeah uh with Valerian
0: is a french graphic novel nobody's heard of
1: exactly with like just nobody no in one it. in it like ryan reynolds uh you know is not has not become deadpool yet no but he's, but he's a he's, name yeah he's still a name that people like and absolutely. enjoy watching. Uh, so yeah, Green Lantern had the easier road to success by far, which uh, seals a quick three 0 victory for Green Whoa! Lantern. Whoa!
0: Holy shit! All right.
1: Uh, yeah, Valer- Valerian never never stood a chance with making a fairly decent worldwide money and being kind of okay.
0: So the matchups in two weeks: John Carter, the one seed, will take on the fifth seed Lone Ranger, and the sixth seed. The Last Airbender will take on the seventh seed Green Lantern. There we have wow. it. Next week, we have the set, we, have, we have a quarter of our um, We've half of our tournament now cut down. Next week, we cut down the second half, the Lawrence of Arabia Division. That's the Haya Mizaki Family Film Division, the Tony Scott Action Film Division, the Nora Ephron Star Driven Film Division, and the Justin Lin uh sequel what's the what? what is that called
1: uh that is sequel, uh, franchise enders franchise enders yes,
0: division it's yeah it's the still. sequels that didn't continue um and uh that we promise a shorter episode next week as well yes. uh what do you have to recommend
1: i to recommend god i i already did x i guess just the lost city like i don't i don't really expect the lost city is going to be my kind of movie but it's fun that the box office is rolling it's just like keep it rolling guys um, I'll say everything, everywhere, all
0: at once. We're seeing that in a few minutes, so that's probably going to be good. Yeah, go see your specialty theaters.
1: Uh, plug us up. All right, you can find us at what'sintheboxoffice.com. dot com. We are on Twitter at witboxoffice. It is also our Instagram handle. I am on Twitter at Noah Druki. I'm
0: at Brian DeSerber, D A S U R B E R.
1: And of course, the feed for our podcast can be found anywhere podcasts are found. We are on Stitcher. We are on Apple Podcasts. We are on Spotify. They let us upload as many episodes as we want, uh, so we're gonna we're gonna keep doing it, guys.
0: Next week, we continue Multiplex Sadness uh, with the second half of the round of 64, so tune in for that. Also, Morbius, we'll see what that does. That'll be next week. This has been What's in the Box Office. I have been your host, Brian. I've been your host, Noah. And until then, if you feel safe, go see a movie.